In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Hello, and welcome back to Still Interested, a TV reboot remake podcast for Curio. I am, as always, your back-to-back recordo boy, Ben McAllister. And I'm your dental assistant, Jackson Newton. <laughs> that would have been way better if I'd like been like, I'm your primary dentist or oh, something. Yeah. Like, do you want to just take it again? Yeah, let's just take it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, Don't uh, worry about it. No, yeah. it's okay. We don't, we don't edit this podcast, so no, we it's all one take. Um, but the important <laughs> thing, the, the lead that we're burying, is yes. that we are actually joined by a very special guest. A very special guest. Hello. It's me, Natasha. It's Natasha. There you go. You don't know her, but we do. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Yeah, and you'll you'll come to know her mm. over the next probably eighty minutes of this podcast <laughs> yeah. experience, and then ideally by the end of it, you can like uh, you know tweet at us and let us know whether you liked her or not. Hopefully, this podcast gives you a full sense of who she is as a person, and that's... you can just really make yeah. some. Uh, Quick character assumptions. Yeah. That's how we usually do it. It's usually like a gauntlet, which if you pass, you gain <laughs> yeah. you know, adoration from the fans, and if you fail, then you are, you know, relegated to abject poverty, yeah. headed by all. So here we are. We recorded last night the original 1974 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 1971. Well, but that's very close. How good Same. my memory is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all the years, there are three's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gene Wilder classic. And mm. now, of course, we've just watched the Tim Burton 2005 remake of the film. I mean, I guess without. Further ado, I suppose, unless anyone else has got anything, any other, like, uh, anime or, like, cartoons you're growing up. Like, yeah. Sailor Moon, I dipped into a little bit. Oh, what if we... T- I love Sailor Moon. Oh, so yeah? Who was your favourite Sailor? Um, you know, I've forgotten their names because it's been Man. that long. It's gotta, it's gotta be... Gotta and also, honestly, I don't think I even knew their names in the first place. It's... I just referred to them by colour. Dude, yeah, But it's... it was the green one. Gotta be Tuxedo Mask. Green I mean, Tuxedo... Oh. <laughs> Tuxedo Mask is what a, a ridiculous name. I mean, I think, I think it's an incredible name. I think, like, if you end up, like... Imagine if you had one, like... No, two pieces of attire that people called you by. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm Jumper Jeans. Yeah, yeah. I that's me. That, yeah, that's a cool name, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jumper, Jumper Jeans. Jumper Jeans is, is actually bad. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, hey, it's Carl Grobini. What's up, man? Like, yeah, that would be you. I respect that as a villain. It's straightforward. You know who they are. Yeah. You know when you're like, we're trying to hunt down Tuxedo Mask. Oh, okay. What does he look like? All right, hang on. Was Tuxedo Mask a villain no, he or was like, like an anti He was like their dad. Uh, okay, yeah, true. He, he wasn't was, their dad. Wasn't he? No, like, he wasn't their literal dad, but he was he always... Was, he I mean, he was boning Sailor Moon, surely. Time. Was he boning Sailor Moon? Surely. Hang on. Okay. I've just Googled, was Tuxedo Mask boning Sailor Moon... And you've got some very troubling fan fiction. No, we're gonna get to weird. Bits. Surprisingly little. I was kind of expecting lots of fan fiction, but there's not even. There's not. Even... I mean, there's dude. That, that, that's there's an so opening. Opportunity. That's an opening in the market. I mean, they're costumes for one. Well, yeah, I mean, were they like dating on the show? Was that a thing? I swear there was romantic stuff. Wasn't he always like biting roses and shit, like carrying them around in his mouth? I don't know. Was it a romance? I don't know. This I was the very problem. Young the problem is, I only ever watched it when I was getting ready for school and was very sleep 
like very mm. sleepy. And so like I I was in like a, always in like some sort of a dream or fugue state, if you will. I just wasn't paying much attention to him. Mm. He was the romantic interest of Sailor Moon. Well, there you go. See, so he's more wow. like an antihero than he's an uh, antagonist. I mean, would you call yeah. him an antihero? Or would you call him? Like a protagonist, <laughs> like the. Well, the, I think his character was definitely an like antihero. Okay, we have to start talking about this yeah. movie. True. So here we are watching the 2005 <laughs> remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which they've actually called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So right off the bat, it's getting points for me compared to the original movie, mm. which is actually called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, it is. I remember being very annoyed by that. Which fact. is a fucked up thing because Willy Wonka's yeah. not in the movie till the 45 minute mark. Yes. But anyway. I'm kind of agree with you, except at this point, this film loses points for me because they've named this film Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and yet they've made Willy Wonka the main character in this one. That's true. So for some reason they feel like, (laughs) rather than being like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and being about Willy Wonka, they're like, no, we'll call it Charlie, but we are going to change it to being about Willy Wonka as the main protagonist. That is a great point. They really should have title-stopped these films. Anyway, let's get moving. Mm. We've got these opening credits, and they're kind of similar to the opening credits of the original movie, but I personally think kind of way better. Oh, I love the opening credits. And here's why. The criticism I levied at the opening credits of the 1971 film was that it was just like a generic random chocolate factory with like actual machines mm. making chocolate. Like there was nothing fantastical or whimsical about it. There was none of this Wonka bullshit that we know. This has got like fantastic contraptions, chocolate bars on parachutes, parachutes. falling down onto like robots and shit. I was like, I was way into it. And the music was very hype. It was like very fucking Harry Potter-esque. Like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I'm also yeah. a sucker for production lines. It's funny hey, though, because I have here like... Uh, Burton has gone for an immediately more unsettling vibe. Mm. The chocolate doesn't look anywhere near as appealing. No. And I actually preferred the original. I think the music across the film, (laughs) I think Danny Elfman hasn't done as good a job as the original. Um, And just because, like, it was, like, kind of animated, and I was like, I don't want this animated chocolate. I want you to make... uh, Show me real chocolate, and I want to eat it. Instead, I came about being like... I came out of this whole film being like, I'm not hungry at all. I will like, grant you Last that. night, I was yeah. like, oh, I want treats. Now, I don't give a shit. Well, <laughs> Jackson, I'll just leave the fucking cheese and chocolate platter that I yeah. prepared for well, us it's upstairs. It's very kind of you. Yeah, okay. wow. That's so rude. No, I'll grant you that the chocolate doesn't look as good. Mm. It is also CGI. I think tonally, it's a better introduction to the movie. Yeah, and the unsettling of... music. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. actually does make sense thematically. It does. Anyway, it does. We're yeah. spending way too much time worrying about this, and not enough time worrying about the giant block letters on screen that just say "Deep Roy," <laughs> which oh, is Deep the coolest Roy. name oh, for yes. a human being. Do you guys know who Deep Roy is? Yes, Deep Roy yeah. plays all the Oompa Loompas in all this movie, them. and he's oh, awesome. And we'll come back to that, but he plays every single one of and, them. And he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to touch on the fact that Deep Roy sounds like a music genre. Yeah, it <laughs> does, know, like, yeah. yeah. What are you listening to these days, man? Oh, I'm dude, really into yeah. a little bit of house music, some Deep, Deep Roy, Roy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to this club later, Flim Flam, Nam. I'm going to go listen to the new Deep Roy jazz. It's very Just what good. a name. Yeah. I actually didn't know who it was, but I... I was just captivated. It yeah. reminds me of, is it the Law and Order intro where the, the producer's Wolf. like Dick Wolf? Yeah. Dick Wolf. Immediately. Dick Wolf is. There's also a producer on one of those shows whose name is Speedweed. Oh, that's the best which one, yeah. is like. That's a, I think that's the one I'm thinking Unimaginably. Of. I think Dick Wolf is the most evocative, oh. though. Like, Speedweed? <laughs> dude, are you kidding? Yeah, but, but like Speedweed is. Speedweed is funny. But, like, Dick Wolf is, like, as an image, is so powerful and evocative, I <laughs> the think. The Dick Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but 
we get the golden tickets right in the opening credits, which I liked. We see, like, the chocolates on the production line. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a gloved hand putting golden tickets wrapped up in the chocolates, which, you know, is the whole fucking cold adventure of this movie. These kids are all trying to get these golden tickets and shit. Uh, and we see straight away that these candies is international because they're getting put in these boxes and it's like London, New York, Cairo, and we yeah. get kind of I, a picture of what's yeah, going on. I don't know if I have them zooming in on Tokyo a lot. Tokyo, like and Tokyo it was in the montage as well. Exactly. And, and yet, no, and yet no, one no one came from. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's it, a bone I've got to pick later. But it was weird but, though, right? That it was kind of like, and we're focusing on these ones. Yeah. And, but don't worry about it. They're, they'll all be white. International people and those school kids with their hands pressed against yeah. the glass and, and then everyone that won was. Very European. I want to also ask, so Brad Gray, I guess, produced this movie. I feel like I've seen that name before, like, in one of these movies. Like, and I want to know, what did he do that that we've we've done on this show? Lots of movies, man. There will be Blood and No Country Old Man and The Curious Case of Edward Button, oh, Babel, Shutter oh, Island, wow. The Fighter, True Grit. Man, this dude. Yeah, man, this guy's career is fucking amazing. Who's he working with? Um, he started off so, well, I don't know. He really went up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he yeah, that's true. Since 05, yeah. Yeah, No Country for Hugo, Men. Secret cool. of there the There will be blood. Okay, wait. Are who, you, are my are question you, is who gets hired on those films? Are you. Okay, are you No Country for Old Men or There Will Be Blood if you were to pick one of them? This is a tough choice. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be No Country for Old Men. Yes! <laughs> This is a long-standing it's beef a wrong Jackson choice. and I have it's a about okay. which of those uh, movies is better. Yeah. I'm immediately cast out. Twitter hates me. Yes. No, you're on board with me. Yeah. This is this is yeah. high value. But I have an army of Twitter fanatics. That, that, yeah. uh, ja- Jackson has an army of Twitter bots that he's, yeah, exactly. that he's written. Yeah. Jackson, and, I'll be honest. They're mostly going to solicit you for sex. That's, that, that's their primary function. Most of but they life. will also yell at you about there will be blood. Oh, in the production line, this is just something... Mm-hmm. That I, I think as a kid liked so much about this film. I don't know when they started making real life Wonka things. We but, talked about this yeah. a whole episode. Uh, the branding in that image in the production line is exactly the same branding yeah. as the real life products. So I remember as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm pretty sure they run a, they ran a similar promotion with a golden ticket, but obviously you didn't win a factory. Yeah, probably um, won tickets to the premiere. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Love the branding. So straight away, there's a big point of difference. There's a narrator in this movie. Mm. wasn't in the original. We're hearing all about Charlie Bucket. He's a poor boy. He needs no sympathy. He's standing on a street corner, and he's easy come, easy go. And he goes back to his ramshackle house in this high-rise area. And I want to know how the fuck they can yeah. afford all this fucking land I in know, this I know. city. Like, they're in a shitty little house, of mm. course, but they have this like pretty dope property. Like, yeah. It's like right in the middle of a developed town. Like, who owns the plot of land? Is it, also it them? It looks like they're in Dickens, England. Yeah. And their like, house is in Dr. But Seuss. surely they <laughs> That's true. Just, yeah. It looks like they should just, like, sell the property because, like, it's obviously <laughs> worth a lot of money to a developer. They could just sell the property exactly. and then move oh, move elsewhere and sub- live in comfort. Subdivide. Yeah. Subdivide and conquer. Right? So, like, subdivide. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like, how many real estate shows do you watch? Yeah, well, I, is it a lot? If I think I need to start pitching things. Yeah, is evidently. there a show called Subdivide and Conquer? I don't know. We have okay, to, we have to cut it now. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna produce this. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. So, I'm attached to copy uh, IP oh produced by Curio. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
Um, it's a new podcast. Yeah, it's just called Subdividing Concrete. It's just it's you. Just me talking about real estate. Like, it's it's you like, know it's like, about real estate. It's like one of those like fly, those, one of those house living shows, except this is only audio. Uh, Coming to this room. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Let's move on. But it's, it's also like, Tash having no idea like what to do to the house. They're like, we're trying to do it. We're targeting like the August market. And Tash is like, mm, have you considered? Blue? <laughs> I mean, I love interior design. Paint, paint the whole thing blue, I guess. All right. Uh, so, Helen Bonham Carter is Charlie's oh, mum. Got to be in every Tim Burton yeah. movie. Mm. I guess got, there's a blood pact there, yeah, I guess. Like, I, yeah. I got to wonder, where does this fit in the like Tim Burton and Helen Bonham Carter timeline? Are they married at this point? Are they divorced? What's going on? I think they're probably married. Is she secretly fucking Johnny Depp? Is that, Ooh, you know... I hope so. Scandalous. Almost definitely. But I mean, anyway, hopefully not in this film, They're actually. definitely married. Like, Charlie's dad is in this movie? Yeah. Because Charlie's dad is yeah, dead in the original. Yeah, dead, yeah. Yeah, and like... I, I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever, if the dad did anything. But he literally is just kind of there to take up space. Yeah. And then he's, he loses his job. He's just in the movie. Like, mm. he adds nothing to it. It's it's very strange. So, Charlie's at home. He's poor. They're eating cabbage soup. His dad works at a toothpaste yeah, factory. We're back on my oh, cabbage water. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the toothpaste building monument model <laughs> thing. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So... Charlie's dad brings home like malformed toothpaste cap bottle caps essentially as like toys for yeah. Charlie basically. and Charlie has has gone and created like a a replica Wonka and factory all the out of these you yeah. could make yeah I just this really ties into my entire line of this movie which I didn't question as a kid is why is everyone so goddamn obsessed with the factory? Mm, yeah, I everyone's mean, lives revolve around the factory. And that was one of our points of reactability earlier. Like, people going nuts people for chocolate. Right? Like, chocolate yeah. but like, it, it doesn't even help them. His dad has brought home the cap that is going to be the hat piece for Willy Wonka. Now here's something I want to know. No one's seen Willy Wonka in like 15 years. How does he know that he wears like a big yeah. like top hat? How is that something that Charlie knows? Interesting, you know? I think Charlie can see the future. Doesn't matter. We're not going back to that just now. Because what we are doing is making fun of people with dementia. Because we're about oh, to meet all of the grandparents of Charlie, who all live in one big bed again, which is just fucking horrifying. Can you imagine the Why smell? Has I that can't whole situation imagine. Even happened in the first place. Uh, I mean, what but also in point? this in this remake of film, like, why are they? Like they, they, they don't talk about the fact that they've been in the bed for twenty years exactly. or anything. It's just not. It's just kind of like oh, they just sleep in yeah, the big bed no all day. Context. There's no context yeah. in this film. Then, Why are they in there? In the original, they're like, oh, none of us have gotten up in twenty years because we're all disabled. In this one, they're just like, yeah, we're just sleepy. Just yeah. all hanging out in one big bed. And I've got questions. If uh, these obviously are the two sets of parents to the two yeah. people, right? Why do they all live in this same house? Well, be- what's uh-huh. happened in this? What's the scenario that's got us there? I mean, I guess they're really poor and they're all just kind of working together to make ends meet, but, like, why... Well, they're not all working. Like, yeah. The grandparents are all just, like, sleeping. They're all in the bed. They're sleeping. I think they're having a big, nasty four-way oh, fuck God. pile. All the time. That's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. explanation. It and really it's is. so exhausting that <laughs> they just have to, like, lie down <laughs> all the time. And so whenever everyone goes to bed, they just fuck for, like, six no, hours and then it's, like, lying in bed the rest of the no, day. Dude, all day when Charlie's at school and the parents are at work, they just oh, fucking smash yeah. all day. Yeah. And then they sleep all night. Grandma Regina has dementia. Apparently that's funny. Oh she loves grapes. God. Don't worry about it. Drive turns out eyes. turns out Joe used to work for Willy Wonka and now we're about to be vomited a shitload of exposition. Basically we have uh, Grandpa Joe be like now I got a story for you Charlie and then we spend like six minutes in all these flashbacks learning about this new kind of stranger version of Mr. Wonka. We hear things about how, like, he built a factory that was 50 times bigger than any other chocolate factory in the world. 50 times? <laughs> it's so much more! Yeah. Like, why would you be like, 
Okay. I can be the biggest factory in the world, but I'm going to make it 50 times bigger. It's a lot That's bigger. nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of baffling yeah. to, to think that anyone could even do such a thing. It's just like a little sequence where we, we just learn about Wonka. He's yeah. crazy. He's wacky. He's, he's making zany. chocolate palaces. He's built a big factory. He, I guess, ultimately, like, the problems that he's having so he can't build another one of these big <clears throat> chocolate palaces is that all these competitors are coming in trying to steal all this Yeah, secrets. and what we see here is that all these oh Wonka workers, of which Grandpa Joe was one this time, yeah. uh, all these Wonka workers are actually selling secrets, secret recipes, mm. to Very all the competitors. Now, what? What? No mistake there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a they, big they, gold they, envelope? They have envelopes that have secret recipes stamped on them. Yep. What what doesn't make sense to me is that one dude stays back from this group of people that are like leaving work yeah. and then walks over to Slugworth, who is standing <laughs> outside the factory. Yeah, why wouldn't Wonka just shoo him yeah. on? Be like, you can't be here. Go away. I mean, Why wouldn't the man with the secret recipe just walk away with the secret recipe in his pocket? Yeah. I mean, makes sense. look, I guess he ultimately found a solution, which was to fire all of his workers and shut oh, down the my factory. My favourite part of that is when he says, I told the workers to go home. Yeah, and never come back. Yeah. You fired them. Yeah. yeah. You, you, just, you can't just do that. Yeah. Surely they've got contracts. Biggest euphemism of the century. Just go home. Yeah, I mean, um, th- there's a whole classist element to this franchise, which we oh, got wow. we got deep into last yeah. time. And we'll <laughs> avoid like the plague tonight. We see Grandpa Joe; he's being so like limber and he's moving around. And then later on, obviously, he's able to walk again. Spoiler, but yeah. not really. Mm-hmm. If you see the other films, I mean, they never said he was couldn't exactly walk because it's a weird thing when they don't explain that the parent yeah. grandparents are all disabled. But my question is, like, is chocolate the ambrosia? And any time he's chocolate around him, he gains incredible powers. But if you take it away, the bamboo comes bedridden because it doesn't make any sense interesting counterpoint it's not as soon as Charlie brings him chocolate it's as soon as Charlie brings him a golden ticket which Mm. leads me to posit a counter theory it's not the chocolate that gives him his power it's the factory there's something about the physical building that fills him with a youthful vigor that allows him to go about his business perhaps Wonka himself yeah, maybe it's Wonka. Yeah. Maybe, like, he just, like, and that's why he's so stoked, because he yeah. knows oh, he's It's like that fucking Hancock movie. Do you know the part of that film? It's just like Hancock. It's just like Hancock. So, like, so Willy Wonka and uh, Grandpa Joe are <laughs> two, they're two angels. Yeah, he does. And when they get closer to one another, they get more and more powerful. But if they're separated, <laughs> they grow weaker. Oh, my it's God. It's like Hancock. That's the plot of this film, dude. That's what we're missing. They should put that on the poster. <laughs> it's <laughs> like just like Hancock dash Jackson used it. I feel like Hancock. I'm in the nut business. I feel like Hancock. I feel like Hancock came out later. So what I think happened is the screenwriter that shamelessly Hang on, took I'm looking that up. The no, screen. Not that far the far. screenwriter that shamelessly stole the plot of Willy Wonka. I'm trying to talk about Drake. Was then like, I've got this idea. And it's about people that are stronger when they're together, and oh, they're also Jesus. angels, and I didn't steal it from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Man. but they did. It, it was, I mean, that whole theme is pretty prevalent in Yeah, the, I think so. Everything. <laughs> so, I gotta say, long story short, the factory's back open again after 15 years, nobody knows how or why, nobody knows who the workers are, this whole thing's been pretty fucking devoid of fun mm. so far, if mm. you ask me, but let's not dwell on that too long, because now we're back in the house, we've learned about the golden tickets, they're all over the news, and most of Charlie's grandparents are like, you've got just as much chance as anybody, Charlie, except it's- for Grandpa George, who's like, no you fucking don't, you, you piece of shit, little shithead, yeah. one oh. of these rich kids is gonna get it. Can we talk about how much the grandparents just hate on 
everything all the time for being four people to just sit around in bed. That's yeah. so I negative. Gosh. I know. I mean, to be fair, I guess much. if you never left a bed for like 15 years, like but you fact, might get negative. You know, yeah. I think they can. Well, yeah, they, that, they that's true. Can. Well, the problem is it's not it's not spoken about in this film. And yeah, so that's you're like, irritating. Why are they always in bed? And then we, we also get to see like Charlie like running oh. over to bed this and so he runs up. upstairs oh and then like gets to the bed and he's <laughs> looking out. You call the... it a window, Natasha. Oh, I think oh, a window is a grandiose oh. term for a fucking giant it's, it's gaping a, hole, a in hole in the roof. How is the kid not dead? Well, yeah, my point is, like, why are the parents allowing their child to sleep winter. in the elements? It's like, incredibly Surely these like parents should be sleeping the up there. Film. It's seemingly a harsh. Also, <laughs> can I jump back for a second? When he gets laid off. And the kid's like, oh, is it a summer vacation? Yeah. Charlie, it's fucking snowing. Sean's <laughs> <laughs> an ignorant little shit. Come on. Okay, so now we move on to the scene. Wonk has put up posters all around the place that are like, I've got golden tickets and you can come into my factory and one of you will win a prize. And now we get this montage where we're in Japan, we're in Morocco. We people are, yeah. are going fucking eight yeah. no for chocolate. In Marrakesh, people are trading anything they have. In Morocco, do they really want to eat chocolate? Like, it's very warm. Well, I think the thing Look, is, chocolate's is that for everyone, Natasha. But, yeah, but, but the Wonga chocolate must oh. be like particularly good. It never melts. We already learned this oh, before. Yeah. Except and for which the also Indian is just Palace, Australian Cadbury's with all the preservatives. Mm. Hey, I do love me some Australian Cadbury's. No, though. no, I hey, fuck with that shit. But it doesn't melt way. for the preservatives. You know, is yeah. that why? Well, chocolate expert Natasha Cullen, mm, yeah. food scientist yeah. over here. Hey guys, welcome to my chocolate real estate yeah. podcast. <laughs> I, it's a show all about houses made of chocolate. Yeah, there aren't many of them, so, <laughs> so this, this is the, this is the yeah. first and only episode. But yeah. I hope you. It's really more of an audio documentary. I, I don't know why I called the podcast. People going absolutely fucking ape shit oh for chocolate God. was one of I our know. points of remakeability. So they get a big tick there. <sighs> Charlie only gets one bar of chocolate a year, oh, but yeah. he still thinks he's got as good a chance as anybody. Oh, and this yeah. is when Grandpa George just shits all over his yeah. dreams for no reason. Which I honestly kind of enjoyed, because I was like, stop <laughs> Because you're broken inside? Was- <laughs> stop building this kid up with this weird false sense of optimism. Yeah. Do you have any idea what probability is? Yeah, that's true. Because I do. Me, Natasha <laughs> Covey. Let me tell you and, all about it. I know a bit. And the, the original film... And go- the bit I know is you're probably not going to win. The original film <laughs> delves into probability. There's a whole, like... There's like, literally there's a, a whole maths class about it. <laughs> and this one doesn't bother. And I think that's nuts, and I think it's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I was missing, was all the weird classroom scenes. Yeah, that's Steve Coogan <laughs> type. <laughs> Who oh boy, does everyone like chocolate? And it's not about Charlie. It's about Augustus Gloop, who we meet. Oh, the first man. winner of a golden ticket. We go to Germany. Augustus Gloop is this big, fat German boy. He's chomping away on some chocolate, and he finds a ticket in his mouth. I have here, uh, psychological spooks were highly remakeable, and they're, they're right on it, because this scene is troubling, and the first of many <laughs> troubling scenes, as this oh giant God. German boy just devours chocolate again and again in front of your eyes, in the, and something like the worst sounds I've yeah. heard in a long time. And to be fair, one of the next things we see is all of the grandparents watching this on the news, and one of them just goes, what a repulsive boy. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was, I think that, is fair enough. That was my I first title pitch, was what a repulsive boy. Well, quickly moving on, we're about to meet <laughs> Veruca Salt, who's our next golden ticket oh, winner. Yes. And I've got to say at this point, this movie is moving way quicker than the original, because I don't know if you remember, dude, the original's like 90, 100 minutes long. It's like, what, 45 minutes in that we meet Willy Wonka? But, but we finish meeting all yeah. the yeah, winners, and we're into the factory. Like, we're going quick here. We're already at ticket number two, and we're probably like fucking 20 minutes in. If the that. trade-off is, is that we get to the factory 15 minutes earlier, yeah. but we take 15 more minutes to end the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's fucked. But anyway... 
Um, so the first thing that we're going to understand about the Salt family is that this man, he's very rich. Yeah, oh, he my. also says again that he's in the nut business. Yeah. Why is the nut business so lucrative <laughs> again? Like, they could have addressed it in this remake. Instead, yeah. it's just like, oh, I'm in the nut business? Yeah. You've, I mean, surely you've heard of peanuts. I mean, we, we can all like, agree that was one of the burning questions out of the 1971 movie, was where did Henry Salt get all of his money from? I gotta say, though, I like this Henry Salt more than I like the original Henry Salt, oh, because he's yeah. a fucking smooth criminal, man. Yeah. Like, the original Henry Salt was all put upon, and he was like, oh, yes, darling, whatever you want. Whereas this one's just like, me, my daughter wants a ticket? Well, fucking of course. And he's like, oh, all of you people who shuck nuts, shuck chocolate yeah, bars he's, instead. He's a man of means, of Yeah, course. and he's a man of means, and he's also a man who just, like, he gives no fucks. Like, his daughter's like, I want a ticket, and he's just like... Very well, child. You shall have your team. <laughs> and also, he just revealed all of his tactics in the interview, which was yeah. interesting. You know, he literally doesn't give a shit. He just says, yeah. he's like, yep, I bought a million boxes, and I unwrapped them all. And everyone's just kind of like, that's a bit unfair, but, possibly. He's but, like, you know, don't really it's care. a numbers game. It's also around exactly. this point, I want to real quick bring up the fact that Slugworth, who Not was... Not present in this movie. Not really. I mean, I think he has an appearance on screen. He gets of, one, yeah. But, like... There's a whole plot in the original film, which is just gone. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, the, yeah. The, the whole everlasting gobblobber bit, like, oh, they, yeah. they just cut it out. It's just well, and the, the gobstoppers are the there. Spy. But the, yeah, the whole, like, yeah, the guy so who the, the coaches whole, all the, the ticket whole, winners. The whole, like, yeah, if you bring me yeah. an everlasting gobstopper, I will give you this reward. I'll give you 10,000 of these. Instead, it's just kind of like, just come into this weird factory and experience it. Like, there's no, yeah. like, ulterior motive. The kids motive. just want it for whatever reason. For but, chocolate. I gotta say, before we move on too quickly, because of how much I like this smooth wasp operator, Henry Salt, he gets my first MVP nom for this movie. Oh. Something that will be confirmed again and again because he fucking rules I, as I we go through the agree. factory. Yeah. Yeah. Henry Salt is legit. I'm, I'm way on board with Henry Salt. So the next scene, Charlie's getting his birthday present early. It's a chocolate bar. He opens it and I'm going to save you two minutes of screen time because there's not a ticket inside. Okay, so uh, I got to say, this is pretty weird. Basically, uh, there's no thing and he's like, let's all have a bit of the chocolate. And they're like, no, Charlie, it's your birthday present. And he's like, listen, old man, this is my chocolate. I'm going to yeah. do what I want with it. Your time is over, old man. The time for Charlie is now. He literally says, it's my candy bar and I'll do with it what I want. And he just force feeds his family bits of his chocolate bar. Oh, to be fair, everyone like had a little taste and it's like watching well, like... Do they have a taste or do they have a sniff? Well, they have a little sniff. Exactly. Oh like they, they get like one bar, like one little like like piece of chocolate each, and they are that into it. Like it is like an aphrodisiac. Like everyone, and you know the those grandpa four grandparents are gonna be good. You That's know fun. they fucked so hard that night. You know Charlie was looking out of his fucking hot gaping hole in the That's room as his grandpa. Not the only gaping hole in the room. Okay, I was so worried as I said those words because I was like I. Ben won't, but you yeah, did. I did. Um, and so thanks for ruining everyone's life. Here we are. So, now we're learning about Violet Beauregard. And I gotta say, man, this new Violet Beauregard, not only does she chew bubblegum... She's she, a martial arts master! She kicks ass and chews bubblegum. I love this new Violet Beauregard compared to the old Violet Beauregard. She fucking rules. Yeah, she's very cool. She's doing karate, she's an Olympic gum chewer and an Olympic karate She's got master. that blonde bob and like really shows up Willy Wonka, I think. Yeah. Of, like, the, <laughs> she, the, the bob game. She's got that... um. The matching tracksuit game is also... Also yeah, very good. Mom. Yeah. I gotta say, Violet's getting an MVP on for me here because she fucking rules and very quickly without fucking around we're meeting um, Professor Michael TV oh. who is quite okay. possibly I, okay. we have to spend some time here okay. absolutely so, my first MVP nomination the important wow. yeah <laughs> okay. the important thing to look at here is 
Um, we're in 2005 now, uh-huh. so Mike TV should really be Mike Video Games because yeah. that's his whole vibe. He's playing or just video games. Mike Science and Technology. Yeah. Are we in Mike, 2005? Mike STEM. This is okay. another that's question I point. have. Yeah. I cannot figure out this whole film. I don't think what we're in on five because he's playing like a fucking Atari no, with a joystick. But we start and... in what seems to be Dickens era England. You got to look at the, the Industrial graphics. Revolution. Yeah. Then that machine pops up fixing the toothpaste, which is definitely not from mm. Industrial Revolution time. That's now true. we're with the television. It's more. I of, don't know. It's more of like a steam punk take Look, you know like it's, it's unstuck like, in time yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an alternate time it's like line. high technology low society you That's know what right. I mean like it's very steampunk <laughs> but anyway <laughs> Professor Michael TV uh, boy genius I, yeah I have here Mike TV child genius like, oh my god He's incredible. He's got amazing powers of prediction and true seeing. Yeah, like, so basically... He hacked the system. He hacked the system. Basically, he figured out how to track down mm. where one of these golden tickets would be, including variables of, like, fucking, like, he's, what, wind resistance just, like, and shit? He's like, trace the IP factor yeah, in wind resistance and the differential algebra. Anyone could do it. Blah. Yeah. yeah. But that's why he gets my MVP nomination so early in the movie, because even though he's a bit of a dick... He hacked the system. Listen, so yeah. says if you can back it up. But I just think if, you, if the whole purpose of this scenario, which we know, is to get someone to own the chocolate factory, don't we straight away have a clear winner here? <laughs> That's true. No, I 100% agree. Charlie is the Stephen Bradbury of this chocolate doesn't factory. Like chocolate, wow, which I think is cut. super key. Yeah, he that's like true. Chocolate. He's completely impartial. He's not getting high he's on his own supply. <laughs> he's he's, he's profit-driven. Yeah. Results-driven. Exactly. <laughs> this man he, will take this company he's, Exactly. He's aware <laughs> of like, the money-making potential. I want to pitch to the Wonka factory. My TV. No, I want to know why he's not out fucking trading stocks, dude. <laughs> like, he's a fucking sociopathic boy genius. Exactly. Why isn't he out there running shit? Why is he playing Who, video dude, games? Oh, I would pay... a golden ticket uh, for a food he doesn't even like. I he would, doesn't even care about the chocolate And that's factory. why I love him. That's dude, why I love him. I would pay the price of admission... <laughs> For a Mike TV based like Wall Street Ooh. remake, dude, okay. where like fucking Gordon Greco is like, Wolf yeah, or, all right, Mike, Mike TV boy genius, <laughs> you know, let's see how you go trading stocks. You know, Gordon Greco, <laughs> yeah, the like the Greek Gordon Gecko. I love him. So Charlie's dad's job's been taken by a robot. Holy fuck, yeah. it's just bleak. Um, oh, he's like literally fired. To be replaced by oh, a yeah. robot. This is the bit with the summer. Yeah, yeah, basically, he's like, Dad, you're at home, you're not at work. And his dad's like, Yeah, Charlie, I've got a bit of time <laughs> off from work. And Charlie's like, What, you mean like summer vacation? Yeah. Even though we're constantly living in a winter wonderland and we never see the sun ever. <laughs> and also, like, everyone's got a different British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are no, you? they all just oh, sound a bit, they all sound later. a bit like this, Natasha. Yeah. Haven't sure you noticed? Had that Australian actor who's in like, all the Wes Anderson films. I think so. Yeah, he yeah, kind of yeah. looks like David Tennant. Is he the dude that cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand in Game of Thrones? Surely not. I believe. I have he to is. look this up right now. I'm almost certain he is. Uh, spoilers for season two of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Anyone that's listened to this show knows before that this is a Game of Thrones spoiler podcast. He's that's true. That's true. In the, I, it's funny you say that. I totally was going to reference something later on. That Dude, is he is. Spoiler. He is the guy. I know. Noah Taylor is no, Locke from Australian. Game of Thrones. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's also in The Life Aquatic and yeah. Submarine. Yeah. Um, he's Too in facts. Shine. What's, what's also terrific about like the whole, like... I love him. The, the whole fucking like, English accent thing is that oh the whole, like, shine shoes, governor. 
Charlie literally ends up shining shoes oh, later on in the film. Man. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, he may I've as well a be a fucking Oliver style chimney sweep. Yeah. For, the, for the degree Again, of the Dickens, England. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. It's very Dickensian. It's very steampunk. <laughs> now, Natasha, you haven't had the benefit of hearing my rage at Grandpa Joe oh. on the previous episode yet, but I think Grandpa Joe is a fucking sneaky fucker. He's been pretending he can't walk for however many Dude, years. He's a sleeper agent. He's been holding money out on the rest of his family. He's got a secret fucking stash of money no no he's got a secret hoard yeah which okay. is a coin okay hang on no, yeah, no, which, no. Again, before you get carried away and talking about a secret stash or a secret hoard yeah. the man has one coin okay sure it's, I wouldn't say that's, that's a hoard I think that's like a, a one off occurrence it, exactly it, it's kind of made out like that's a lot of money for them at least in the original like Charlie gets a coin and that's a big deal yeah in this but one, it's only the 70s does, in he this does one. later get a 10 pound note and that like buys one chocolate bar that's what I mean yeah it's fucked up anyway he gets a coin and instead of deciding to spend it on food for the family he could probably buy like three cabbages with that motherfucker yeah or a loaf of bread I which don't is know. all these fucks eat yeah. so <laughs> instead of doing that he's like oh Charlie go get us a chocolate bar yeah a little Wonka bar for me and his eyes your grandpa Joe it's very intense and then insane we'll well, get Tim Burton is trying to unsettle the audience at every yeah. turn and he succeeds in this horrifying scene where it switches to grandpa Joe's fucking locked in bed perspective as Charlie's walking out the door and he's like oh, He's a, he's a good boy as his eyes close oh, he fades to black and then we just get jump scare <laughs> Grandpa Joe like whispered in his ear like a fucking <laughs> child ghost in a horror movie yeah. it's really unsettling it's very sense. Turn for the weird at this point I gotta say you already gave them the horror factor remake ability but this is where they got it for me that was fucking horrifying yeah. anyway Charlie's bought another bar he's waking up Joe and pff, no dice There's... oh and they open it like a Christmas cracker mm. makes no sense <laughs> No, that is true. <laughs> that like, is true. Close your the eyes, way rip it like a band-aid and then none of the foils ripped and the whole thing's there. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's incredible. How I did they do that? that. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's one of Joe's angel powers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He feels himself getting close to Willy oh, Wonka yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, of course, Charlie. Close your eyes." And then he just like magic slay yeah. the why, fucking why like, he chooses Alpha that Wolf. moment then to use his magic is beyond me. But, you know, <laughs> I guess that's what we need to what we need to understand here. Mm. So, yep, Charlie is standing in front of the factory in this weird scene where there's, like, high-intense music. He's got his eyes closed. I swear he has, like, his arms outstretched. He's a Christ-like figure. Like, he's about to, like, fucking jump in front of a train or something. Like, he's about to top himself because he hasn't got this fucking candy. And again, the odds, man. Stop. Raising your hopes. It is, yeah. Up it is very unreasonable. Blow. So these two men with dogs walk past and they're like, did you hear some Russian man got <laughs> the last the chicken? the exposition in this yeah. whole film. It's completely provided by very obvious statements yeah. that no one would ever say. Yeah. Random background characters. Yeah. So like, flashbacks. Oh instead of it being a Paraguayan millionaire, which is who it was in the original, it's some Russian fuck. Yeah, so Charlie, you can't trust the Russians. That's yeah. the important thing. Exactly. Mm. So Charlie hears this. He's all dejected. He finds ten fucking bob in the street, man. <laughs> Oh my God. That's a this lot bit? of money for like yeah. this family. That we don't understand. All he eats is fucking cabbages. Yeah, that, and, and his dad has been laid off. But what does Charlie do with this ten bob? He buys a ten dollar piece of chocolate. Even though he already found, he already heard that there weren't any more tickets. Yeah. As it turns out, that was a lie. But as far as Charlie knows, it's all the tickets are gone. And so at this point, <sighs> he's, at this point, he's literally just kind of like, I'm hungry. <laughs> he's literally like, I'm hungry for chocolate and fuck my family, fuck everybody but me. Charlie yeah. Bucket. Anyway, the important thing here is that Charlie goes in, he gets the chocolate, he finds a golden ticket. Bar, he buys one bar of chocolate, 
at, yeah, for like, like a fucking whole ten, 10 pounds. Pounds. And then uh like he gets the golden ticket, there's a bunch of adults that are like, I'll give you fifty pounds for it. I'll give you five hundred, you fucking right numpty. American jumps No no, in. not More fifty pounds. Questions. Fifty dollars. Again, my point. Someone offers Where him are we? Fifty dollars for yeah. the ticket. And the, which, no, and he's English. And then the American woman jumps in. It's like, I'll give you five hundred dollars for that. Okay, there's an Amer what? Again, accent. Anyway, I don't know. The important thing is the candy man's like Run, run home now, Run Charlie. home, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Run, yeah. little boy, run. Weird thing in this scene. So, like, we've literally just heard about the Russian guy, like, by two dudes walking dogs. As Charlie walks into the chocolate store, we hear, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? The Russian guy made it up. It's all fake. This all happens in about 40 seconds of screen time. And it all conspires to be exactly the moment that Charlie buys this bar. Yeah. So on your thing about fucking the balance of probabilities earlier, Natasha, this is an incredibly unlikely turn of luck, which was one of our points of remarkability. That's very true. It's a big tick there. Big old tick. The important thing is that Charlie gets home, he has a ticket, he gives it to Joe, who feels the power and presence of Willy oh, Wonka. He doesn't and quite he get to Joe. He gains the ability to walk again. Oh, I love that he says, Mom, Dad, and runs straight past them. Yeah. Into the house and gives it to Grandpa. He doesn't quite give it to Joe. He goes in, he's like, oh, we've got the ticket, I get to bring one family member, we find out about the whole thing with the factory and how they, they get to bring one person to accompany them, and he's like... You're not going, Uncle Joe. And at this point, I was like, yeah. "Fuck yes, Charlie!" Charlie's yeah. being like, "I see Rolling. through, I see through your shit, old man. Yeah. You're a fucking lazy piece of shit. You lay in bed all day. You've been dragging this family down for years. And you Joe. hide money from the family, yeah. Joe. You're not coming with me to the factory. You as never once bought tobacco. As it turns out, he just wants to fucking sell the ticket for oh. money to help his family. Yeah. And at this Which point, it's like. Finally, some sense. You actually value, you know, money that might help your family exit poverty. But why is it now? Why not when you pick up the ticket? But also, exactly. why, why not, not the ticket? Why not just sell the lifetime supply of chocolate? Yeah, look, it, oh, like, gosh. all good questions. But the thing that's even more fucked up here is ultimately they decide, no, Charlie, you deserve this. You're going to go in that factory. You're going to get that lifetime supply of chocolate. Joe gets out of bed, oh. kicks his heels. In this movie, Joe is an even more <laughs> unconscionable <laughs> bastard than in the original. Because in the first movie, there's at least a little bit of, like, Joe has to, like, learn to walk again. And it happens... <laughs> through song and like he's dancing and there's kind of like the musical theater kayfabe where he's learning to dance and walk around again there's no music here he literally springs out of bed jumps and is like yippee I've got my angel powers back yeah surely your muscles atrophy out of that much time without using them they should have turned into soup the only explanation is that the grandparents are fucking every that's how they keep their muscles alive that's the only way they're doing a whole bunch of really incredible sexual positions yeah. and that is the only way <laughs> the, that they've maintained the muscles in their legs after all these years of being bedridden I was so ready to be stoked on Charlie being like fuck you Joe you piece yeah. of shit but instead anyway hey also, like, gotta say right now the new grandpa Joe you can go fuck yourself I think I you're really bad I was just to say if there was an anti-MVP it'd be grandpa Joe yeah I think so I, I'm with you as well maybe we should have a least valuable player award <laughs> something that we had now we're hanging out in front of the factory we're 30 minutes into the movie, so we're 15 minutes ahead of where we got to the factory last time, and the movie's 15 minutes longer, which to me means 30 minutes more wacky, wacky factory yeah. shit. Yeah. You think it might be a good thing? It's not. It's really not. Okay. Um, what I have here is fuck this screenwriter, because we have a scene where, like, Veruca Salt is literally waiting with her father. Uh, we have all five children and their respective, like, guardians are coming with them. They're going through and they're like, Daddy, I want to go in the, in the factory now. And then, like, her father's like, Oh, well, Veruca, you must see, like, it's not even, it's... It says it's one minute. Yeah, it's one minute until 10am, it's 9.59, we can't go in yet. And she's like, 
make time go faster. So this is important. Fuck this screen, writer. <laughs> you suck. This is important. <laughs> make time go faster. Title pitch. Okay. Because it comes to describe uh, this movie as it goes along. Like well, as in At the desire point, of the audience. Yes, being like, exactly. Make time go Please faster. make time go faster. Get me out of here. Yes. It's not the case at this point in the film, I feel, but we're definitely... Foreshadowing. Yes. Pitching towards that place mm. very, very quickly. In this lineup, Pan, I'm just going to give props to Augustus for showing up with a Wonka bar in hand. Mm, yeah. He knows his target. He's ready. He's yeah. not fucking around. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sun Tzu fair. says, no, your enemy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up. Talk about, like, who deserves it the most. Like, to be fair, I don't think anyone enjoys this. Show. Like, the, the film makes a strong case that oh, yeah. oh, Charlie wants it more than anyone. No, it's good, no, baby. I mean, Augustus wants it more than anyone. If you're going to pick someone to take over your factory, maybe the find kid out who can see the future. Fan, <laughs> yeah, um, happy about it would like likes chocolate. Any of these questions rather than just plucking people at random. Yeah, that's true. Although well, to be fair, he got lucky with friends. Charlie because his whole family are like fucking crack addicts with that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you see how they sniff it. Them and the world. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we get our first like what. I guess qualifies oh as like a musical God. thing in this, oh, which I is like Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, the amazing chocolate. Yeah, so we see this and horrifying puppet sequence. This clown bullshit. Yeah. This absolute clown bullshit with these puppets. Comparative to what's going on inside the factory, I mean. Yeah, it's pretty. What? Lo- I mean, pretty yeah, it's fucking play school compared to what's going on inside. But I guess there are civilians yeah. watching. But basically, yeah. they're these wooden puppets. They do this little song and dance. It's horrifying. They burst into flame, and then Willy Wonka appears out of nowhere beside them, and is like, "Ha ha! Oh, what a wonderful time, children!" <laughs> and at this point, Veruca Salt's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. In like this horrifying no, is that vocal vi- fry. Is that violent? I think? One of them is doing vocal <laughs> yeah. fry in 2005, which is of- very and good. like question one. Who do you think it is? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. And this has just come to me because the whole film I've been like, who does Willy Wonka remind me of? Not Gene Wilder, this one. And it is that creepy children snatcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I mean, <laughs> For most of I my childhood, be. my mum told me Dick Van Dyke was dead. <laughs> and then I saw... And then I saw no! no! She didn't want you going after it! <laughs> I don't know. And then I watched. Don't Night you follow that Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> that Dick Van Dyke's a child. Yeah. <laughs> she genuinely thought he was dead. Don't know why. And then years later, I see Night at the Museum. You know, he's and alive, and he's freaking in that film. And I pause, and I'm like, okay. uh, "Mother, did you did you consider the possibility that he was dead?" But a museum, museum exhibit was Dick Van Dyke, mm. and he was revived with the pe- magical powers of that film. Could be. Because I, mean, I think that's the more interesting I believe it plot. was like the heart of a Munra, keeping people alive. Yeah, of course, the heart of a Munra. A notable omission here, which is going to become important later, the contract that no the children contract. sign. They don't sign a contract. Where they what? sign away their right to yeah. sue Wonka for murdering. Their right to life. It's a death warrant, essentially. Yeah. They, they mm. don't sign their that's own death warrant, point. which I guess is nice. Turns out it's really hot in the factory because the workers, we don't know who they are yet, just can't stand the cold. So everyone's shucking their coats, walking down this corridor. They're doing that crazy force perspective trick again. Yeah. All the kids are sucking up to Wonka. They're all like, I oh, love yeah. you, Mr. Wonka. I should be the one that wins the prize, except for Charlie and TV. Yeah, and he, it's because like Charlie's is like, Charlie's just like Charlie's a humble, humble, nice boy. Mike TV, Mike TV he's playing forty chess. Yeah, <laughs> again, love that. Yeah, kid. love that. Yeah, kid. I mean, oh, yeah. So, so I guess Wonk is like kind of surprised by the fact that they have their parents. Like yeah. he lines up all the kids and he's like, "Oh, you're Augustus Gloop and you're Veruca Salt and you're blah 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 blah. Oh, and you guys must be there." P- mm- and then he just kind of vomits out the word. Yeah, yeah, parents eventually. Sucks. 
And then yeah, Wonka, he's triggered by the word parents. Yeah, it's true. he can't rather say rather than just like dad. Yeah, because which is what dad's it should the only be. thing. That Although his mum wasn't in the picture though, so who knows? Yeah, so he starts mm. having uncomfortable daddy issue flashbacks here, which is going to be an important part of the movie. Yeah. But we're not going to worry about it right now. He um, unlocks the tiny door at the end of this false protective thing, and then just opens the door regularly, which I think is bullshit from Tim Burton. <laughs> you should have done better, like. Because, like, the way it works in the original film is that he opens this tiny door, opens it, and then we're in a completely different scene. And it's like, yeah. oh, whoa. In this one, he unlocks this tiny door and then opens it, opens it like a regular door. And yeah. it's like, what was the point of that? Just a fire hazard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely... <laughs> It is entirely a fire hazard. That's true. That's funny. So we're now in the big fucking chocolate Peter room. Loves me. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, hey, yeah. Uh, I've, I've checked. I've checked the results, and you are pulling ahead sixty forty. So you, you've gained currency with that no country for old men thing, and you tipped the scales in my favor. So I'm very apparently much... you lost currency with that no country for old men thing. But yeah, anyway. you, you lost currency with Jackson's Twitter bots. Yeah, hey, <laughs> they're surprisingly powerful. <laughs> So, okay, at this point, to, to actually talk about this for a minute, you can kind of see why they wanted to remake this movie, because this scene looks pretty awesome. Mm. Like, the big chocolate room, yeah. all the candy shit. I'm going to say, big bunch of delicious shit. Like, that's fucking... That's, like, definitely hitting that remakeability point of, like, delicious-looking mm. candy. Mm-hmm. There's big pumpkins full of goo. There's, Dr. like, Susie. lollipop yeah. trees. Yeah, it's all very Dr. Susie. It just Which looks I delicious. Love. My I vibe, think that's why I liked it so much. My vibe is that I think the original was more appealing in this scene. Yes. And I think that it doesn't mm. actually... Doesn't look I, edible. I think look, that, it's, for me, it's like there's way less wonder in this. I film. think okay, it, expl- I, I agree it tries to explain a lot more of certain bits, mm. like where the Oompa Loompas came from and shit like that. But like in this particular moment, and I, my favorite scene because of like the the terrific song. Come with me, and you'll be. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I have a similar point here. I, I think this scene like looks great and it's cool, but like it's just sorely lacking in the wonder and the yeah. whimsy because there's no music. And yeah. this, this, and the sound, the sound editing of this film just feels lacking, right? Like throughout the film, it just kind of feels quiet. And like the original, I think there's so much more swelling of sound and shit. You know, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. The fact that there's no music is also fucking insane because we know yeah. Johnny Depp can sing. He's in fucking Sweeney Todd yeah. when they made the movie version. He did a fucking Sondheim musical. Yeah. The motherfucker can sing. Why didn't they put fucking any of the fucking awesome songs in this movie? It's just what, like this isn't movie... from Sweeney Todd? No, from fucking... <laughs> This, this movie is my just... friends, my faithful friends. I mean, there's a somewhat women. alarming similarity. <laughs> no, okay, I'll get back to my Sweeney Todd shit later. But the, 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 there are some similarities. There are some. There are some strange similarities. Can we going into things that very mean... quickly? Can we very quickly stop the podcast? Let's we'll turn all the production lights off. Light some candles. And talk about the bootleg Sweeney Todd version of a musical that you did, Ben McAllister, I when mean, you were in high school. My Probably interest peaked. Back in high school, I did some, some plays and shit in school. As you know, we're all want to do. I mm. think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think I would probably say comfortably every single person that's ever been on any one of the Curio podcasts has done. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think so. But anyway, <laughs> the more important thing here is that when I was in year 12... We really wanted to do Sweeney Todd. Like, I'm a huge fan of the Sondheim musical Sweeney Todd. Fucking, our our school teacher was like, oh, you want to do Sweeney Todd, do you? How about instead of doing the musical, 
I personally adapt my own version of the original Penny Dreadful Sweeney Todd, the, the serialized horror story written for newspapers in the late 19th century. I'll adapt it into a play, me, your high school drama teacher. And he just wrote this fucking oh, atrocious oh bootleg Sweeney Todd knockoff, which we did in, yeah, year 12. It was called Sweeney Todd and the String of Pearls. And it was all about, like, there was no music, it was just so weird like it was this barber I played like I played um like a magistrate but like not Judge Turpin because Judge Turpin's not in this version of the story like the magistrate was like the hero who was like investigating Sweeney Todd it was really fucking weird Sweeney's like an irredeemable evil like it was it was (laughs) Awful man, this show. It ran for like fucking nearly three hours. Like, oh it, my it was, god! Oh, what? Yeah, it was abysmal. At one point during the show, my face man, really sums it up during the song. At one point during the show, during one of the performances, put it on Twitter. Yeah. Like the guy that okay, so the other thing that happened in, in year twelve was that like fucking the guy who'd been directing our drama program, like all through high school, left and a new teacher came in, and this was the guy who wrote the thing. And the new teacher was basically mm. like, hmm, all you boys who've been uh the favourites in the previous drama program. <laughs> You're all out. Now it's time for my new blood. And he cast this kid who'd never acted before in the lead role. When does that ever work? Yeah, I don't know why he wanted to do this. But anyway, he did. In high school. And and they cast this other chick as Mrs. Lovett. One night, he just, like, forgot to come on stage in a scene between, like, Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett or something. And so, fucking, like, Mrs. Lovett is just out there, like, improvising a scene about how she wants to go on a holiday to Spain for, like, five straight minutes until someone's like, dude, get on stage! What I have here as a particularly notable line is, try some of my grass. Now, this gave me a different perspective on this film. Because, oh, like, surely there's got to be some narcotic compo- like, component. I mean, Walker is unhinged. Mm, yeah. That's true. The man's an absolute madman. <laughs> but but like, maybe he just smoked himself into a coma. <laughs> yeah. I think he chocolate himself. He also can't remember shit. But also, yeah, what is he true. putting into his chocolate? We saw how the grandparents were fucking like sniffing it up and that sort they of thing. They were like, Joe oh, just, yeah. Grandpa Joe's just an addict. This yeah. has got that Wonka kush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grandpa Joe's an addict. He, he has fixed for so many years. Yeah, he's got country. 15 he years out. of withdrawals and then he has exactly. little Maybe that's it. Maybe he's not a Hancock angel. Maybe nope. he's a fucking recovering addict. Yeah. Oh, man. That's wow. interesting. This is sobering enough. I think it's blo- it blows the whole film Wider. There's lots of alternative <laughs> narratives going on yeah. here. Everyone's you know, eating shit. Stuff up. Mike TV is really smashing that pumpkin thing. Oh, and my this is. I'm not really eating anything either. No, actually, they're just smashing and destroying. The rest of them are eating things. things. Yeah. Oh no, that everyone's faces is covered in goo. Yeah, this it's, is another yeah. part for um older Violet Beauregard where she snatches that apple in front of Charlie's face. Yep, yep. I was like, oh, she's here to win. And this bit definitely weirded me out. She puts the gum behind her ear. Yeah. And Charlie says. Uh, what does he say? Something like, why oh, not just why, start, a why not start a new piece? Rather than, why the fuck did you stick your gun yeah, behind your ear? Yeah. You and, know? and she's just like, because then I wouldn't be a champion. Which to me, like, that's cheating, right? Like, if, if your record is chewing yeah. a piece of gum for three months, and you, like, stick take a break, ear. and then come back to it, it's not like there's someone there from Guinness timing how long she's not chewing. Of course. I agree. What is harder, though? Chewing a piece of gum for three months, or, like, 
intermittently sticking it behind your ear Look, and then putting way, it back it's, it's in your mouth. I'm not denying that it's harder. It's just an incredibly exploitable system. Yeah, she can put the gum on a shelf for six months and then say, yeah, I've been chewing this gum for nine months. No, I think the rules say it needs to be in contact with your skin. But no one's checking! No one's there making sure that the gum's in contact with their skin, and Jackson. Charlie doesn't give a shit. No, he's just like, oh, fair enough. I guess you're a gum winner. Anyway, now we meet the Oompa Loompas, played by Deep fucking Roy. Yeah. Here we are. So someone's like, hey, who are those little men over there? And we get our first look at Deep Roy playing all the Oompa Loompas in this movie. And now we get an origin story for why Oompa Loompas are working in Charlie's, in in Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah, we see this dumb scene (laughs) where, like, Wonka is exploring Oompa Loompa land. The whole thing is sort of like a weird colonialism it's very it's very heart of darkness yeah it literally yes. is like he's, he's trekking up the river yeah, to meet on. to meet mr kurtz because uh, yeah. he's getting the most ivory also i love that when wonka says they come from Lumpa land or whatever it is and mike tv's dad is like um i know i teach high school geography yeah i know yeah. like, all that, the countries that really yeah. high school geography so, Wonka's climbing through a fucking jungle looking very Jack Sparrow, but I guess this movie came out before Pirates of the Caribbean? Sure. Not, not before the first one. You think the first Pirates of the Caribbean was before Yeah, it was like 03. 03. No way. I guess he no. is looking very Jack Sparrow, and he's never been able to ex- escape that ever again. Ever yeah. since, yeah. He just. Uh, no, truly. It follows Every him every- roll after that yeah. is Jack Sparrow in a different look. It follows him everywhere. And here we get a little bit of. I mean, I would say for most of this movie, he's not really doing a Jack Sparrow thing. But in this particular scene, when he's trekking through the jungle and he's like cutting bugs in half and shit, it's kind of Jack Sparrow. Mm. So yeah. Wonka meets the leader of the tribe of Oompa Lumpers and they're eating green caterpillars and they're always looking for stuff yeah. to. We don't need to dwell on this scene. They too much. worship it's... cook cocoa beans as like cool. Yeah, colonialism okay. with the whole Exactly. Yeah. Mm. We, we can't dwell on this. No, we're like, moving he, on. He agrees to pay them in cocoa beans and they all come work in his factory. One thing I will say. There's a lot more, like, Scrubs-esque flashbacks in this movie yeah. than there were in the original. I don't think it necessarily helps, but yeah, no, there are more of them. It, it's every time. Like, yeah. Because, like, when we watched the original, Gene Wilder basically explains all this to camera. You weren't, like, wanting for detail. That's you, what I mean. You weren't sitting there, like... It takes away the sense of wonder, because it's like, now let me explain this bit for you. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. he can be aloof and say random things. You don't need to justify and what like, he's doing. Part of the stuff that was awesome about Gene Wilder's Wonka, which, like, was, was one of the things that we learned in the trivia, like, you don't actually know if he's telling the truth. Like, he, he's an exactly. unreliable narrator. You don't know whether, like, that's really mm. the story of how he got the Oompa but it doesn't matter. So, Augustus Luke falls into the river of chocolate, as, also, as you'd expect. Man. He said, you could eat everything in this room. Oh, wait! Yeah, that's, that's an amazing that's a point. Very good he makes point. a great point of being. Yeah, he's, he's like everything's evil, Everything. even me. But you shouldn't eat me because oh, I'm a human yeah, being. Oh God, Augustus! Augustus yeah. Don't do that. This giant chocolate river. Knows the mum's like Augustus. You shouldn't do that. And yeah. like, but why? You've been told to eat everything. Something yeah. else that's fucked up in the original version of this movie. Augustus is there, like <laughs> slapping away the chocolate. Wonka comes over and is like, "Don't!" and kind of like knocks him into the river a bit. This group, oh, yeah. this group just falls in, like literally. He's there, like, <laughs> slapping away the chocolate, and they're like, hey, stop doing that. And he's like, huh? Oh, no! And he just falls in the chocolate, apropos of nothing. As we get further into the film, and this is no spoiler, it's clear that Wonka is knocking off the kids. He well, does. But well, Augustus Gloop is really kind of a coincidence. Yeah. I will say, though, for this this movie, there's a difference, right? Because in the original version of the movie, it's more like the kids are dying, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Because, like, yeah. you get all the stuff where he's like, Stop, come back, don't. And you know, all those like iconic things where he's like, oh no, don't do that. And he's just kind of like, let's see how this plays out. In this movie, he's like deliberately killing the children. Oh, yeah. Or like but putting Augustus them in these life Yeah. 
That's true. He just falls in on his own accord. Maybe he, Augustus is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And after Augustus, or maybe he has a taste floodgates. for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he sees Augustus. I would say that Wonka seems like he has no plan. He, yeah. In this film, he seems well, like okay. he is not even aware that he's giving a tour. He's, he's making it up as he goes man. along. And when Augustus falls in, Wonka's like, oh my god, I'm just going to kill these kids. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, not you, listen. <laughs> Listen, you say that. Stuff the tour. So yeah. Gloop gets sucked up the tube in this CGI remake of the Gloop thing. It's not as good as the original. It's, it, well, when I say it's not as good, it's nowhere near as horrifying. Yeah. Because it's all like practical effects in the original, whereas this one in CGI and it kind of looks bad. But anyway, we get this upbeat, up-tempo version of the Oompa Loompa thing where they're like, Oompa Loompa. But instead of that, it's like fucking hip-hoppy and like groovy. Oh, that's a good point. No point in this film is there the... Bumpa, bumpa, no, it, it, and the film that. is sorely missing it, I would say. But yeah. well, I, I think the songs that the Oompa Loompas sing in this are closer to the source material. Because, like, the yeah, original I book... I honestly love them. The original book has, like, little poems about what happens mm. to all of the different children, like, when shit goes mm. wrong with them. And yeah, I think, I think, I think are these are them, right, whereas they, they're in the original They're clearly Roldal-style rhyming yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, but anyway, we get this song. It's pretty good. Deep Roy plays all the Olympus, and he fucking <laughs> rules, man. He's so good. There's this scene where they all put on little swimming caps. Oh, I love that. And all jump in the chocolate river and do synchronized <laughs> swimming and shit. But this, while they're doing all this upbeat shit, they're singing about all the horrible shit that's going to happen to Augustus Gloop. They're like, he's going to be great. Ground up. He's gonna be boiled. We're gonna turn him into fudge. It's bad, man. Well, and this is the horrifying thing, and why I believe Mike TV to be the truest hero of this film, because he's Back like, hey, yo, Wonka, <laughs> why the fuck did they know to sing about Augustus Blue? Yeah, man. That and seems like, that seems super rehearsed, and Wonka's like, oh no, it was improvisation. Don't you know about any improvisation? And the no. dad, MVP again. That's yeah, where, yeah. That's where I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, Henry Salt. dad is like, it was very rehearsed. Yeah, Henry like, Salt, yeah, exactly. Henry Salt time and time again proves himself mm. the most sensible person in this fucking factory. Most sensible. I think Mike TV I'm is cool. the most intelligent. That's yeah. definitely true. I mean, Mike TV is like an unstoppable boy yeah. genius. Yeah. Augustus's mum is like, are you going to turn the little boy into chocolate fudge? Okay. And he's like, Augustus flavoured chocolate coated gloop? No Which is a great title yeah, for this movie. One, 53 minutes in, we're finally hitting a good title yeah, pitch. Finally. Augustus flavoured chocolate coated gloop. We get to see the spooky boat for the first time. The Wonkatania. It rocks up. I love the Wonkatania in this movie. Because in the original, it's just kind of like a riverboat. In this one, it's a fucking big crystal seahorse. Mm. You know it's what awesome. it looks like? Did you ever have those diving things as kids? Yeah, oh, it yeah, is yeah, identical yeah. to those. They were what little seahorses with weights on the bottom, and you threw them into your pool, and you dived for them. I don't think I had seahorse ones. <sighs> I think I just had Rings? little... Yeah. Yeah, well, there yeah. were seahorse ones, mm, and they're the same fluorescent colours. Yeah. And... No joke, look identical to the boat. Well, there you go. If you want to talk about seahorses, tweet it, Natasha. Mm-hmm. She's all about it. You want Twitter? some pics? Are you on Twitter? You know, I actually think I am, but I haven't used it in like. Well, five what, years. do you know what the Twitter handle is? Yeah, it's just my name. I have my name on every platform because it's so weird. Wait, yeah. hang on, I gotta look this up. What shit have you been tweeting? Nothing. Well, and I mean, Natasha now's the time to start, Twitter fans. Toby. You know what I did? I think I made a Twitter profile so that I have the handle, so if I ever need it. It's there. Hey, that's no fucking ingenious. That's very clever. See? And Natasha Kobe hasn't tweeted yet. Yeah. Well, but no one will ever take it. I mean, no one had it before because my name just doesn't exist. No one has my name. You've got two followers. Wow. Who are they? I've never tweeted. Holly Pooley and Jessica Arnold. Okay, Holly is my friend from primary school. I have nice. no idea who the second person is. It's probably a Twitter sex bot. Jackson's already set him off. Yeah, there's lots of them, man. So tweet at Natasha at Natasha Kobe if you want to talk about... Yeah. This. You can be her first followers. Can you followers. please send me pictures of those diving seahorses? 
I would like to know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> so, all the kids get on the Wonkatania before they do. Very weird moment where Wonka talks about how chocolate releases endorphins oh, similar to love, and Violet's mum looks over at him and is like, mm. Mm, I bet it does. I like this girl. She's playing for yeah, why, why? She's like, this man's a psycho, although also you can endanger your life. This man's a psycho. She's obviously been like, this whole thing's a farce. He's killing off kids. <laughs> <laughs> she seen through it real quick. This whole thing's a farce. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I've got left is to seduce this man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She, she's like, she's trying my to kid sure as hell ain't going to seduce uh, this man, so I will. Yeah. That, Jesus, I would hope not. Kudos, but also terrible strategy. He's obviously unhinged, as I've said before. Oh. Jesus. You're going to get nowhere. All I would say, the whole endorphin thing, it just What's ties weird, into the whole Willy yeah. Wonka being in, an international drug dealer. Like that yeah. whole like, oh, you That's know there's those endorphins and chocolate? Chocolate makes you feel real good. I think it all ties in. So everybody gets on the boat. Wonka gets in a shit fight with the kids about how short they are. And at this point, I just want to kind of say, I don't really want to dwell on that too much. I just wanted to make the point that like, this movie is so weird compared yeah. to the original. Yeah. It, it it's sort of weird for the sake of being weird. Exactly. It's it's Burton-esque. It's weird. Mm. That's, that's exactly right. So, they're on the boat. We get a bit of Wonka's tragic backstory. Oh, his... and he does that whole dementia bit where he just says the same thing again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay. He starts repeating himself, and then he launches into a flashback to his childhood. Basically, his dad was a mean dentist, didn't oh, have any candy. Not just a mean dentist. Fucking Christopher <gasps> Lee. Yeah. Oh, my so God. So good. I forgot, forgot Christopher man. Lee was in this movie. He's amazing. Now... Here we are, man. So Christopher Lee's a dentist. Wonka's doing, like, Halloween candy. He gets home, and his dad's like, Caramels! (laughs) The way he delivers that word when he picks up the caramels. I gotta say, caramels pronounced specifically (laughs) like Christopher Lee? Title pitch. That's gonna be hard to beat for me. Just, (laughs) Caramels! Two things stand out to me in this whole segment. One, and it's what I said earlier, accent gripe. We now know that Willy Wonka comes from a very British family. Yes. Why is he American? Question two. The father is an actual sociopath. He let his kid go out for Halloween trick-or-treating candy and then only to come back and throw them in the fire in his face. Burns it. Why wouldn't you just say, initially, I'm not letting you go? He He put it through that whole thing. Now, and only to throw it, it was just... Oh. It's not the most fucked up thing one no. human being does to another no. in this movie, but it is pretty fucked up. Young Wonka, MVP nom. Really? Just for that oh, really? fucking Hannibal Lecter shot. Yeah, and right, later, he, he reconfirms it later, but like, mm. this is very... He got it from me. So now, before we go any further... Oh, is it time? I'd like to play a bit of a tagline game. With the two of you. Now, um, now, something we've been doing in the last few episodes is that I've been running through like different taglines for movies and that sort of thing because yes. I find that the marketing copy for these films mm. is fucking ridiculous. It's usually ridiculous. Unfortunately, the marketing copy of this film does not allow for much interpretation okay. in that it is pretty fucking directly obvious what okay. is what. Okay. And so, instead... I am just going to read to you for your pleasure. Oh, the eight taglines. Oh Jesus! This oh. So we're not, we're not playing the game. No, no, no. You're just reading. I'm just us. dipping right in. Okay. Because listen, there's only so much time we can spend on this segment, and there are eight fucking taglines to go through. All right, bring it on. Number one. Oompa Loompas are crazy for cocoa beans. <laughs> Taglines for the movie from IMDb.com. Shout out, I knew. Maybe three seconds of film time. I know. 
Jesus. No Why would that? Bot. How is that the tagline? Literally, oh, the Jesus. only reason that's relevant is in that flashback, which yeah. we already talked about, is pointless. I yeah. guess, like, Deep Roy is, like, the cover boy for this movie. Deep... Okay, Deep Roy is the only reason mm. that tagline exists. Yeah. Maybe he demanded it. He does a great job. Don't. Maybe that was in his contract. <laughs> you have, have at least one... Tagline's not about my yeah. character? One okay. tagline. One tagline. It was, like, the opposite of the, um... Robin Williams in Aladdin contract. <laughs> where he was like, you can't use me to promote the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number two. This one's pretty straightforward. The factory opens July 2005. Oh, Jesus. Really, car- is... really carbon dating this that's film, I think. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. As a tagline. Surely that's something to do with the actual the, Yeah, the release date of the movie. Number three. Willy Wonka is semi-sweet and nuts. Uh, kind of just nonsensical, I think. <laughs> like, just doesn't really He's a make... bad man. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> Charlie is lucky to be there. <laughs> Wow. So that's just a straight dig it up. Yeah, wow, that's it's a just, classic. It's just, thing. Poor it's, people. Just, it's just really <laughs> tearing down Charlie for just trying He's to live his lu- life. That, that's the tagline. The tagline is Charlie is lucky to be there. That's fucked up. Again. And now we get into that's the first of five of our uh, personalized character. Okay, character. bring him on, bring him on, bring him on. So number two of these. Mike thinks candy is a waste of time. <laughs> no, he's gone. Get him. That's ruined this the whole thing for me because that is my oh. favorite thing of the whole I know. movie. Oh, that's which we will amazing. get to later, and I will harp on about how much I love. Number that three, is amazing. Veruca is a very bad nut. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and her dad's in the nut business. I know. Oh, that's that incredible. whole thing. I love. That's ingenious. All right, I'm turning around on these. The first couple are <laughs> bad, but these Veruca's are all amazing. Bad nut. I okay. Love. Uh, number four, but technically the second last of these eight, so four and six. Mm-hmm. Violet keeps her eyes on the prize. What does that uh, even mean? I mean, I guess they were like... Factual uh, uh, Next one, next one. Just, yeah. just, we can't. The yeah. final one. Augustus is what he eats. Oh, Jesus. What does that mean? I don't know exactly. Mean, I actually doesn't make any sense. Is like, he a chocolate river? Is he garbage? Like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is he diabetes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, quite possibly. Oh, no. And they are the eight taglines... Wow. For this film. Still not. I just don't understand. Who was in charge of publicity for this film? And who was like, these are the eight we're signing off on? If you had like, to describe this movie in eight sentences, one of them would be Charlie's lucky to be. <laughs> That's yeah. just straight up me. The kids are going through the tunnel. And man, I don't even want to dwell on this so much. because yeah, like, It's pretty lame comparatively. It's so lame. Because like, the, the scene where they go through the tunnel to the invention room in the original movie is amazing. Like, it's an iconic piece of cinema history. It's the tunnel it's, scene. It's G- exactly. It's Gene Wilder staring it's into the right. eyes of children. Freaking them out. Yeah. Uh, there's all this horrifying imagery going it's on. Awesome. It's awesome. He's singing, there's no earthly way of knowing. That, that whole shit fucking rules. This scene, it's not... Not a tenth is oh, interesting. Oh, line is heartbreaking. I believe there's he says no, there's no way of knowing or something. There's no... I wrote it down. There's no knowing where they're going. And it's so disappointing. They just squandered that yeah. scene. Like, yeah. And also his inventing room. It just kind of sucks compared yeah. to the first one, which is and so again, interesting. And again, he says, stop the boat. There's something I want you to see. As if he doesn't know where he's going on the tour. Yeah. Exactly. It's, the, it's like the main bit. Yeah, that's true. So like, they go in the inventing room. They get the everlasting gobstopper scene, but like... Why is a good question asked because there's not the whole Slugworth plot. Now we're over at the three-course gum machine. and Is this where... And I, I have a quote during this scene, a title pitch, if you will, which is, Slide me some skin, soul oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I 
I've so, literally written that down as that's my title pitch as well. Yeah, slide me some skins on brother. Yeah, I, I kind of after Mike TV goes. Who wants a beard? Which yeah. I love because That's he totally right. has not predicted the future trends. It's true. Exactly. Everyone wants so like, as a bearded the, gentleman, yeah. I took exception to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a... Um, like a hair machine, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's no. right. He's got that hair gum. Yeah. It's before the three-course so gum machine. So you chew yeah, this... That oompa comes out. You, you eat this oh, tasty Looking trade. like Cousin It from the Adams <laughs> Family, <laughs> motherfucker. I honestly just have to give an MVP to that oompa well, well, The Cousin It-looking oompa yeah, yeah. Again, another allusion to another film. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe, though, the fucking, like... So, for example, like, like it's like, oh, you eat this delicious treat and you grow a whole fuckload of hair. And he's talking about, like, who would want to grow a beard? As fucking Mr. TV, this fucking bold coma motherfucker <laughs> who's just standing there as his son is like, who'd want to grow more hair? And he's just kind of like, well, yes, I see that as course. I see that as him. It's like a nice father-son moment. Where he's like, you're perfect the way you are, Dad. You don't need to grow more hair. Who would want to grow more hair, oh, Dad? Wow. Oh, you don't need that toffee. That's so you're beautiful the way you are. With the three-course gum machine, and I'm going to say I'm perking up a little bit, because the earlier part of the invention mm. sucks, but this three-course gum machine looks pretty awesome. It's this big, wacky contraption. They're pouring, like, waffles and all this shit into the different shoots, and then it's like, meh, 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 psh, and it, like, spins out, like, one piece mm. of gum. And, of course, Beauregard takes it, and Violet's like, I'm the gum-chewing champion of the world. Her literal quote I- is, I'm the world record holder in chewing gum. I'm not afraid of anything. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote that down because I was like, I love her logic. Yeah, exactly. I'm the record in gum, therefore, not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. Violet like picks up the gum and Walker's like, oh, don't chew the gum. But she starts eating it and Violet's mum says the perplexing line, my little girl will be the first person to have a chewing gum meal. Which is a strange thing to be proud of. Yeah. So um, Violet becomes Violet, essentially. She gets the blueberry course. I have written in here, and... in capitals... Spit it out. Yeah. Why because does she keep why chewing? Why the fuck does she keep it chewing? Because it, seems, it Look, seems to be like a slow, like, affecting process sort of thing. In the last one, it was kind of... In the original film, it was like, she started chewing and all of a sudden she was just going blue immediately. Instead, it starts off at her nose and slowly creeps on her face. Everyone points it out. I think you're why missing... Why does she keep chewing? I think you're missing the hamartia of Violet Beauregard. Her fatal <laughs> flaw. She's an unstoppable gum-chewing she machine. She She's the win. world champion at chewing gum, Jackson. God. She's not going to spit the gum come out when things are getting tough she's ready to go the whole nine yards and she turns into a blueberry as a result yep this swelling scene is way way harder way more fetishy yeah way more more fetishy right like gigantism fetish magical enlargement it's all happening and it's it's really explicit like the way she's kind of like gooping out Mm. bigger and bigger i don't want to even talk about it too much well this is where i chime in again with the game it's own spoiler which is her face at the very beginning going very blue and You're like talking about purple wedding shit. Oh, I was like, yeah, like really a real precursor to that whole. Uh, it's old Joffrey. Joffrey vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking if you about purple wedding now, shit. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I'm with you on that. You know? But the more important thing that happens right now is Debroy comes in <laughs> looking fresh to death in a spandex oh, suit. Yes. And we get Man, this... I love these fresh Dude, we get this cyberpunk funk groove song. This is potentially where they're my like favourite one. Chewing, 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 Down. chewing. Yeah, it's fucking... It's it's really good. I couldn't really take any notes about it because I was just enjoying it. This is the point where I've nominated Debroy for MVP. I mean, we know yep. he's going to get it. Definitely. He deserves it. This scene was the scene where I was like, alright, this fucking rule. Yeah, it was really groovy. I, I liked it a lot. I have here this song is a fresh hell for me and my eyes because <laughs> a lot of the actions they do are just 
troubling. Yeah. Now we're in another young Wonka flashback. I don't remember why. Yeah, he's oh. clearly on oh. the edge of a psychotic breakdown. No, Charlie says, do you remember when you've eaten your first candy? Yeah. yeah. And then we get the narrator <laughs> piping in, being like, of course, Wonka did remember when he had his first candy. And Which the f- was very Arrested Development. The f- yeah. yeah. That's true. I wish <laughs> this one was more <laughs> Arrested Development. I was like, whoa. I no, this film is Arrested Development. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Mr. Salt? Oh, yeah. uh, that's a fucking Mr. esoteric. Strong. That's at, an esoteric at every reference. Point, Wonka turns to the camera and just goes, "I've made a huge mistake." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like hears like, the sound of silence or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah that is an esoteric series of jokes yeah. for all of our fans of Arrested Development. I think there are some big uh, Arrested Development, some heads big out there. AD heads yeah, out yeah, there yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, uh, shout out to Job. Yeah. And Wonka. also George Michael, man, Tobias. Michael Cera, man, the, the pe- blue man, the fucking yeah, true. Tobias the blue man, blueberry. Oh wow, wow. yeah, that's got to yeah. be an illusion. Hang right? on a that's second, that's got to be an illusion. Hang on a second. This film is a mashup of Hancock and Arrested <laughs> Development. Oh my god, fucking Jason Bateman is in both of those films. <laughs> oh shit, so he is. Oh my god, this is, is, is this really part of the Bateman verse? Well. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, the no. Bateman verse of TV properties? No, it, it's the extended Bateman yeah, verse, yeah, yeah. right? It's not part of the, the I main mean, canon. Veruca Salt's dad looks a lot like um the lawyer, whose name has just escaped. What, hey, fucking the Fonz? Hey, hey, yes, the Fonz! Hen- Henry Winkler? Yeah, yeah, yeah the you, Fonz. You know what? The Fonz. I get the worst fucking attorneys. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I you know, love you, it. You know what? Hey. Oh, nice! Yeah, oh, it's good. always money in the banana stand. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Alright, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Okay, so the flashback that Wonka has, he's eating his oh. first chocolate. It's like a little Linda truffle that was in the fireplace that didn't get melted yeah. when his dad burnt all the candy. And he chews this chocolate, and it, se- it becomes his dark passenger. Yeah. It sends him on like a psychopath to your path. Which is really Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He chews the chocolate, his face lights up. He's like eating chocolate out of trays, taking notes, like crunchy, creamy, delicious. So now we're in the nut room, and Mr. Nut himself. God! (laughs) Never call anything the nut room! I mean, if anything, Charlie's entire house is the nut room, from what we know about. Hey, Grandpa Joe! Yeah, anyway, so we're. That's why I'm in the nut business, I just love. That's yeah. a line for this whole film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the nut business. I'm Man. actually... I'm, I make pornography. I mean, yeah. considering how much of this franchise is fetish-based, the nut business yeah. is a pretty good title pitch. Yeah, it could also be a drug euphemism. That's true. I'm in the nut business. That's true. I don't know what, but... Um, no, it, it, it's like yeah. a... It's like a, a Gotta hidden... Gotta get that nut. Hidden... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't the sound like drugs to me. That's not yeah, in this you, universe? Have you ever been in a drug deal and someone's been like, yo, well, gotta get that nut? Yeah, yeah, hey, did you bring you me that nut? nut? Did you get that nut? Are you gonna get me that nut? <laughs> Look, you said you'd get me that nut. I got $500 here. You were gonna get me that nut. <laughs> I see it panning out. We're in the nut room. There's a bunch of squirrels shucking nuts. Fucking <laughs> Mr. Nut, Mr. Salt comes in and is basically like, huh, do you use the Nut Buster 5000? And he's like, huh, no, no, that's you idiot. Weird. I use squirrels. I use trained. Yeah, fuck you. Look at oh, my also, amazing squirrels. That he's trained. Don't squirrels just do that anyway? I mean, probably they probably eat them though, right? They probably don't sort them. Yeah. Nah, that's shoots. true. But he specifically said I train them to like 
de-shell them. Yeah, yeah. And, and to know whether the nuts are good or bad. So this Squirrel mm. scene is really weird, man. Yeah. Squirrels are just busting these nuts up. They're getting the good ones out. They're throwing the, the bad ones down this chute. Veruca's like, Daddy, I want a little squirrel for me <laughs> to shuck me nuts and, you know, to do things with. And he's like, I'll get you a squirrel when we're home, Veruca. And she's like, I want one of these ones. Yeah. I want a train squirrel, Papa. I want Papa. one of these train ones, Pup, to give me little nut shucking. And then, like, fucking... Uh, Papa Papa Sold's like, all right, Mr. Wonka, how much for one of these flaming squirrels? And then Wonka's Wonka's like, "Mm, they're not for sale, so um, she can't have one. And Veruca's like, oh, Daddy, you know I want one of these flaming squirrels. Her face when he says you can't have one is extremely good. She walks down, she jumps over the little gate, starts heading towards the nuts. Wonka, just... Does not give a fuck as she walks down to the squirrels. Like, he doesn't even try to stop her. It's not even like the Gene Wilder bit where he's like, wait, no, come back. And he's just kind of indifferent. He's literally just like, bated breath. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this plays out. Essentially, the squirrels fucking lose their minds that someone else is here. They tested whether she's a a good or a bad nut. She's a bad nut. We both laughed at this. Yeah. The dad just shakes the rail. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a waist high fence. And he's like, oh no. Like, his daughter's being carried away by squirrels. And he's like, I can't get through this waist high fence. And the fucking squirrels. Step over it. Yeah. The fucking squirrels throw this girl into a hole into the incinerator. It's her hands are clawing the There's a shove of her nails dragging. It gets very horror movie very fast. Like, Wonka's like, fiddling with his keys like I'll find the right one eventually meanwhile the dad's just like hurry up and open this waist high gate I can't save my daughter (laughs) which my daughter also climbed through turns out his daughter's a bad nut she gets thrown down the chute he's like oh well they only turn the incinerator on on Tuesdays Mike TV's like but it is Tuesday he opens the gate gate. I'm back on my Sweeney Todd shit dude the face Johnny Depp makes when he opens this gate like this is the point at which all pretense is out the window He's deliberately murdering people. Yeah. Like, up until this point, you're going to be like, oh, oh, you know, th- shit, shit happens. In this one, he literally, like, he, he just, like, slowly opens the gate. Just looks at And just stares at, at Henry Salt. And it's just kind of like, well, your daughter's down that yeah. shoot, old man. Better go pluck her out. What yeah. are you going to do? And, like, there's this intense music as he walks down the chute, and then a squirrel kicks him down the yeah. chute. He's really Very using, like, the deaths of these civilians as, like, a means of making, like, the best candy in London. Yeah, so the Oompa Loompas come in, and they sing a song that seems like it's going to be kind of lackluster. It's very Beatles-ish. It seems like it's going to be the most lackluster one yet, until they murder the man! They oh. kick him down a chute into an incinerator! Other weird thing, why do they have a picture of Veruca's mum in a frame? At literally one point, they hold up a it's portrait! So premeditated. This yeah. is the first song where they really start attacking the mm. like uh, morals of the family. Yeah, you know yeah. The, the Augustus Gloop on their motor's like, oh, he loves chocolate. What an idiot! And then the Violet Burger one's like, oh, she's, she's a blueberry. And Go blah, fuck blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And this one, they're like, you, you spoiled fucked crap. up your you daughter. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> throws, yeah, like throws a frame. Yeah, like a la Matilda. The big yeah, poster yeah, yeah. thing, like, yeah. rattling in the night. It's, and I was like, whoa. It's, it's awful. Heavy. But, but we have to move on. Um, so we're at the hour 20 mark, and they're getting in the glass elevator, which is weird, because we've still got Mike and Charlie left. Um, I guess Wonka presses the button for Fudge Mountain. He says, welcome to Fudge Mountain, which for me is a title pitch for a more fun movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can see a movie where it's Not children climbing Fudge Mountain, Not but this, this movie's just scary. Followed consecutively by my title pitch of why is everything pointless? Yeah, yeah, okay, so that, that comes up in a minute. Before we get to that part though, 
They go through another one of Wonka's battery farms where they're shaving cotton candy off oh, these pink sheep. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to talk about this part. And they just move on very quickly. We then also see, uh, fucking, like, as they're moving down in this, like... The uh, puppet hospital? They have a fucking puppet hospital, which is, like, fucking horrifying. There is zero regard for health and safety in this whole film. Yeah, no, dude. But for the puppets... Yeah. God forbid the puppets get their face burnt off. Now you just did it, Natasha, because a lack of regard for OH&S highly highly was one of our points of remakeability. Yeah. So there we are. We're hitting them again. But not for puppets. I think we've hit most of them. We've hit yeah. music, we've hit spooks, we've hit definitely Oompa Loompa Dancing, yeah. even if we haven't called it out, delicious looking food, people going crazy for chocolate, crazy tons of luck, disregard for OH&S. This brings me to my very next point, which is the one point of remakeability that is missing from this movie, pranks. There's no pranks. Yeah, that's true. Nobody plays any pranks. There's just a lot of murder. Yeah, that's true. And that's why this movie is less fun. Yeah. In every conceivable way. So we see the glass elevator, like, descending through, like, the many chambers of this factory. And we see the Oompa Loompas firing fireworks around this chamber. At these targets. My question is here... Is Wonka militarizing these Oompa Loompas? <laughs> I mean, dude. Because that's what it looks like. We touched upon Wonka's military funding in the last yeah. episode. I think this is nothing but more evidence. Yeah. He's literally building an army. He's literally got a training facility. That's the that's the only way you can rationalize this scene. Because it's literally like, it's nothing to do with chocolate. It's just a bunch of Oompa Loompas mm. shooting targets with big fucking yeah. machine guns. And my TV says, why is this all so pointless? Mm. To which Charlie replies, Candy doesn't have to have a point. That's why it's candy. Finally, a solid title pitch for this movie. That's actually not bad. That's why my TV, uh, like, I'm gunning for him as MVP personally. Just for the why is everything pointless comment. Yeah. When I was a kid, I hated Mike TV. I thought he was an ass. Now, I resonate with him more than ever. You know, it's yeah. like one of those things they say, like, you know you're getting old when you start, like, identifying with the parents in Disney yeah. movies. I think you know you're getting old when you start identifying with Mike TV Mike in TV. the 2005 yeah, that's true. Wonka. That's true. It's a classic rite of passage. And here we are in another young Wonka flashback. And we've got, like, Willy Wonka confronting his dad, being like, mm. I want to be a chocolatier. And his dad's like, no son of mine shall be a chocolatier. That's my best Christopher Lee. That's Thank you. Good. Tweet at me. Pretty good. And, and he's like, I'm going to leave and go see all the candy capitals of the world. And then he's like, fine, <laughs> goodbye, son. And Wonka leaves and he walks past all these flags and we're all like, oh, he's traveling the world. Turns out he's in a hall of flags. So, you know, yeah, I guess cool. that's a joke. All right. And Side that's gag. the end of that scene. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. I guess he's estranged with his dad. So we're now heading to the TV room, the television room. At this point, I'm noting down. So my TV is meant to be a fucking absolute child genius. Yeah. We're all agreed on he this. He surely is, yeah. Why has this not been relevant again in the movie? Like, I- I'm literally thinking this. I'm sitting here being like, they've, they've changed this character up so he's some fucking child genius. Mm. But it hasn't come up again, other than mm. that first scene. Like, we've just seen him be kind of sarcastic and shitty. In the first scene, he's dropping science terms and shit. And then the rest of the movie, he's just a little shit brat kid. Until, Until, Until this scene, scene here. Yeah. And I have here, like, hey, Ben, how did you like this sweet science? All right, Mike TV. <laughs> you say, don't you know the difference between waves and particles? Fucking waves and particles are the same thing. That's a fundamental principle of quantum mechanics, Mike TV, you fucking idiot. Everything has a De Bruyne wavelength, you little piece of shit. You don't understand shit about the quantum world. I love how he also accuses Wonka. He's like, you don't know anything about science. Yeah. And I'm like, this man built an ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. also built you? a fucking quantum teleporter. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> so we get an awesome 2001 A Space Odyssey reference. It's yeah. like... Exactly. Another film reference. Which you also see in the fucking, like, TV. 
Like so, basically, it's the same as like the original film. Yeah, the idea the, the is is yeah, that they the shrink a giant bar of chocolate and put it into a TV. Yep. The difference is the landscape of the TV, the TV this time is a whole bunch of apes in this like sort of like desert landscape, which is essentially taken from the start of yep. 2001: A Space Odyssey. Exactly. That's true. Another film reference. Hey. That's true. Another big film reference. So basically, they teleport the chocolate around. The most important thing I think that happens in this scene is Mike TV hits on a point that I hit on in the last movie where I was like, they just gloss over the fact that Willy Wonka has created a matter teleportation device. Nobody cares about it. Mike TV's like, this is the most amazing invention of all time. You've created a fucking teleporter. And I'm like, yes, Mike, you understand. The man deserves a Nobel Prize. Yeah. He's invented a fucking teleporter. Again, MVP I think Mike. that's the second most important no, point in this film. because what doesn't make the, sense... The most important is fucking Grandpa Joe seeing this whole <laughs> transaction happen yeah. and being like... Holy buckets. Yeah. The man has turned his surname into a fucking exclamation. It would be like if I walked around being like, Holy McAllister's. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I imagine? have written down is just Holy Copy. Yeah. Hey. That's oh, it. Well, holy Copy. Which I kind of like. I think yeah. we can all start doing that. Yeah. I think Holy Buckets is a good title pitch. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. Well. Mike realises <laughs> that, that Wonka has created the first matter teleporter. So his immediate response is, of course, to jump headlong into mm. an untested yeah. device. On the way of he, course, you know. That on makes the way sense. he slaps down two Oompa Loompas. Yeah. And then, like, gets in there. <laughs> yeah. And, like, why? Why does he want so desperately to go through the teleporter? Like, what is he trying to achieve? Why does he want to be the first man to be teleported? I think he's the antithesis of Wonka and wants to prove him wrong. The point is here is that Mike gets teleported, becomes tiny. The oh. whole idea is that they're going to throw him in a machine shocked. and stretch Before him out. That, man, we get the final Oompa Loompa song oh, in this mm, movie, yes. which is this awesome series of, like, inside the TV, different music videos. Mm. There's, like, glam rock, there's metal, there's, like, Beatles-esque shit, and it's just Deep Roy. Awesome. I say fucking horrifying. It's just Deep Roy yeah. embodying all these it's different another, fucking music It's another genres. one of those songs that has a distinct moral message. They keep saying how TV, like, kills kids' brains. Yeah. TV cooks your brain, and mm. so what we're gonna do to Mike TV is cook and then stretch him. <laughs> so that's all fine. So now all four of the other kids are dead it's just Charlie um, Charlie who doesn't misbehave the entire film and like why did they remove the thread of Charlie like drinking the, the fizzy lifting drink, drink. Yeah. and then why did they remove that and then add 15 minutes to this film it's it was question. unnecessary it's a great question so what happens here is Wonka's playing dumb he's like how many children are left as if he doesn't know he's just or, murdered for yeah. dementia strikes again well That's- is it dementia or is it deliberate murder is it his dark passenger coming to the fore? I think <laughs> more likely that. Look, I think there's, there's alternate readings to be had here. So he's like, oh, Charlie, you're the only one left. You win! You've survived my horrifying gauntlet of pain and suffering. And you get to be something. He drags him to the elevator. He hits a button labeled up and out. And they fucking rocket through the ceiling of the factory. Now, and you might think this is the end of the film. Yeah. But it's not you're for wrong. some reason. <laughs> okay, we got to blow through this quickly, man. Because yeah. this is fucked up. Like, this is literally, this is where the original movie ends they rocket through the ceiling Wonka's like it was all a test to determine my heir you're my heir Charlie because you're a good boy and then basically in this movie instead what happens is Wonka's basically like you can be my heir but you have to abandon your entire family what we have right before that is we get a quick shot of the children leaving the factory yeah we see fucking um, illusion we see exorcist this time oh yeah this is fucked up this is spooky as hell yeah, so we see Augustus Gloop like walking out covered in Augustus chocolate. Augustus Gloop's fine. He's discovered a chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. Oh, we yeah. see, we... Really different degrees of yes. torture these yeah, kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Being... We see Violet flipping out because she's way more flexible now. Yeah. She's still blue. 
I gotta give, straight up exorcism. I gotta give her. Right an, there and there. I gotta give her an MVP right here for always being so positive. She's looking on the bright side. Like, dude. Yeah, listen, life Absolutely. gives you lemon, make lemonade. She's super flexible. Life gives now. you blueberry, make blueberry juice, and also e- yourself into an Olympic gymnast. Exactly. On top of being an Olympic karate player, we see, and a blue man, we see, and a blue man, and a blue man. Tobias Funke, he does. This is all Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> Timo Seal. Yeah, we see uh, Veruca Salt and her father. They're just covered in trash. Yeah, I mean, that, okay. Veruca Salt and her father got out the best. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's thought, if yeah. anything, Veruca Salt learns a lesson. She's like, "Daddy, I want to go home," and he's like, "Fuck off, Veruca." Yeah, he's like, "All you're getting is a fucking bath," and she's like, "Huh?" Oh. And he just stares her down. I'm like, man, these two actually got something out of this. Yeah, nothing happens to them. Are getting covered yeah. in dirt, and she learned a lesson. Then we see Mike TV, who's on track to be in the fucking NBA, because he's seven and a half feet tall. Or Slender Man. Yeah, yeah well, definitely first one and the other, right? <laughs> yeah, like, he, he is essentially two-dimensional at this point. He's Slender Man in 05. Um, and then we <laughs> blast past them, and we head to Charlie Bucket's house. Fucking Wonka crash oh lands. He crashes. What little they had. Crashes into their house like a fucking madman. Like, I know, I, I know he's, like, offering them another place to live, right? So he thinks that it doesn't matter. But, like, he could have crushed people. He doesn't know where they are in the house. Well, and that's what I mean. He's, he's negligent. Like, for example, as you said earlier, none of these children signed a fucking contract. Exactly. And as they're leaving this factory... Surely the man has to be arrested. There's yeah. no way that you can be like, come into my factory, children, don't sign anything. I've stretched one of you out and turned you into Slender Man. Another one of you is this horrifying blue, like, gymnast now. I think you're like, forgetting that the world is fucking horny for Wonka, dude. Yeah. They just can't, they okay. they can't arrest him. Like, yeah. Wonka's the linchpin of society that in is this true. universe. So he destroys their home. There are 17 minutes left in this movie. Ugh. Like, I cannot believe that there are 17 minutes left. Yeah, I know. And it so, won't take us 17 minutes to no, wrap we'll, we'll this up. Quickly. So, so Wonka is basically like, come live in my factory. You've got to give up your family to do it. Charlie won't go because he loves his grandparents and his parents too much. And Wonka's just like, well, goodbye. And he just yeah. leaves. He doesn't even offer to pay for the damage to the house. He's a he's sad a fucking, man in a glass box. He's a quadrillionaire. He's like, well, goodbye. And just flies away in his fucking rocket ship to the stars. I couldn't help but also think it's sort of like a weird TARDIS. So the, the buckets uh, lives, they get a Things whole better... Things for them for some like, reason. Yeah, Charlie's dad yeah, gets a job as a repairman for these it, robots and that really sort of thing. It's a strange, like decision to make for the movie yeah so like Charlie turns down this like offer of you know riches and, and great life and everything and then their lives just get really good but anyway the important thing is that like Charlie is like shining this random dude's shoes turns out it's Willy Wonka and then Willy Wonka drags his 10 year old boy with him in his glass box to go visit his estranged father he, he's literally this like, is the weirdest episode of Doctor Whoever he's like, like I don't understand <laughs> Why this has happened. Charlie's the worst companion. He's, yeah. he's literally like, um, I realised the importance of family, Charlie. You know, you've got me convinced. And also I saw a grey hair and that made me realise the error of my ways for some reason. Anyway, let's go meet my dad. So then we get this awful scene where we're inside Willy Wonka's mouth looking at Christopher it's Lee. It's so gross. It's just, it's fetish shit. We can't dance around it any longer. It's just fetish stuff. Why make the movie longer to fill it up with random fetish shit? Christopher Lee recognises his son from his bicuspids. They we- hug... That's great. Yeah, we also see that he's kept every scrap of How did he not recognise this man despite having an entire conspiracy That's what I mean. He's obviously been obsessed with Willy Wonka for years, but for some reason didn't recognise him. (laughs) Do you think he was obsessed with Wonka but didn't know that it was his son? 
Like maybe. he just was like, this but he knows his ago. name. Yeah. yeah, but maybe he just thinks it's a coincidence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's just like, uh, this is another one of the odds. This yeah. fucking Wonka guy, he's onto some shit. Or maybe he thought of Wonka as like his arch nemesis, as like a mm. dentist confectioner yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of vibe. Maybe but, he's uh, Magneto, if you will. Yeah, of course. Yeah, to, yeah, to, to, to Wolverine. Charlie- oh, or, to Wolverine? Or Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, Charles Xavier. Um, for me here, though, I think M- uh, MVP to Christopher Lee, just because, like, he is... <laughs> man, he's I barely give it to him in, in this scene. film. I think I think he does such a great job, and I miss the man. If I was going to give it to him for anything, it would be Caramels! <laughs> which is much earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And extremely And not good. the awkward, awkward hug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They delivered the awkward hug. Anyway. Point is, is that, like, Wonka finds some connection with his father, and then essentially just starts working with Charlie. Him and Charlie are making up new chocolates. They make a deal. Yeah. They, they work together. him instantly for ruining their home. Yeah, they've yeah. moved the home inside the factory, it seems like. Yeah, they live in this, like, place of always winter, you know? Like, yeah. up at the very north of Westeros, I guess. And, I guess so. uh, <laughs> they're, they're raining down, like, fake snow on the house. The whole family lives in this house inside a factory, which is fucking dystopian if you ask me it's literally like a manufactured environment that the house lives in so that Wonka can keep Charlie's family fucking complacent enough that he can mine their son for ideas on how to make candy that's the end of the movie turns out the narrator was an Oompa Loompa all along so that's nice I guess Deep Roy gets one more crack yeah one one, one more like slice of Deep Roy and that (laughs) is literally the end of the film yep what a strange way to end a beloved family classic So as always, this has been Still Interested. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've almost enjoyed it. I'd say we enjoyed most of this movie. Yeah. And then the last, like, 20 minutes gets pretty bad. If you want to hear us yell about other things, you can get me at Mr. BT McAllister on Twitter. Or me at Jackson underscore Yusuf. Or the show at SI Curio Show. And if you want to yell at Natasha about seahorse shit, then uh, where are are they going to find you, Tash? At Natasha Cobby. That's That's great. Do you have anything you want to plug, Tash? You doing anything creative at the moment? No. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah. no, stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. Stay, tu- stay tuned, though. F- follow her on Twitter. Yeah. There aren't a lot of followers at this point, but hey, like, it, it could be the sound of a very beautiful friendship. That's right. Let's do a little post-show roundup, I think. Sh- shall we talk about MVPs? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Let's let's recover MVPs and let's, let's make some decisions. My first MVP is Henry Salt. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be hard for me to get over because he does a lot of cool shit in this movie. He This is for the scene where he's being this waspish, smooth criminal at the top. He makes a lot of cool facial expressions. He asks good questions like, why would anyone want three-course gum? Like, I like Henry Salt. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he does good shit in this film. I think he's definitely warranted, yeah. I've also got Violet Beauregard oh, for kicking yes. ass and chewing bubblegum non-stop. I've got young Willy Wonka for his Hannibal Lecter ass look followed by his dark passenger scenes. I mean, all right, Deep Roy... That's going to be hard to get around, I think. Yeah, Dick like, Roy did a very... Every story. Oompa Loompa in the movie. That's something else. I mean, and he's great in, in almost all of the Oompa Loompa scenes. I think that's everyone I had. Do you have anyone else? Either of you? I mean, so, Mike TV and Yeah, DP. I was about to say, I just couldn't get past Mike TV. Uh, current me just loves him. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. a complete maniac. Yeah. He loves anarchy. He doesn't even like chocolate. Yeah, yeah I know. That, that, that is particularly good. Yep. I, I had Mike TV and I also had uh, Christopher Lee as the mm. dentist, as my other two MVPs that you didn't mention. As Dr. Wonka. Yeah. Professor Wonka's dad. Yeah, Professor Wonka. Yeah, because, you know, he's professor of confection <laughs> at, at Wonka U. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> we got we got to land on someone. For me, Deep Roy, as all the Oompa Loompas, is pretty Listen, hard okay, to overcome. My top three is Deep Roy, Violet Beauregard, and Mike TV. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, the thing is, would I consider Deep Roy such an MVP if his name weren't Deep Roy? That is but true. But it is Deep Roy. Yeah. <laughs> so that you that can't ignore that aspect. I think I'm just so focused on his name, though, for just standing and watching it. For me, I think, I think the only way forward is Viola Beauregard. Yeah. Shall we do some trivia for this movie? Yes, please. Yes, please. Nestle provided 1,850 bars of chocolate. Wow. Which doesn't actually seem like many. No. I would think, like, in a movie that's all about a chocolate factory, you're probably going to have more than, like... 1850. But did they only make the ones that are shown in the shots when they're ripping off the golden tickets? You know, I don't know. Maybe. Because if so, that's probably. really way too many. Maybe. Because they were black. Yeah. <laughs> and like a lot of it was animated as well. Maybe they literally made yeah, 1850 and hid golden tickets in just five of them to make their, like a sense of wonder. Maybe they had to take every scene where someone opens a golden ticket chocolate like 300 times that's to preserve the sense of wonder on the face yeah. of the actors when they find the ticket. It just seems like we don't see a whole lot of real chocolate. Holy shit. 40 squirrels were trained for the scene where they pounce on Maruka's oh soul. Those God. are real squirrels! No. That's not CGI! That's fucking ridiculous! I re- they don't even look real, though. No, they look like CGI! It would have been easier to be CGI! Deep Roy got paid a million dollars to do this movie! That's a lot of money! What else how much? But like, how much did like Johnny Depp get? Do I don't know, but Johnny Depp's the lead in the movie, right? He's oh, like a support. Yeah. Look at how much he made. I recently uh, went sure, on a bit of a stalk. I'm sure it's a lot. You know, he got like 60 million for Pirates of the Caribbean. I honestly couldn't believe it. Because like one million dollars, it's I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess it's a lot for Deep Roy, but like, <laughs> it's like, not actually that much. For yeah. Tim Burton. The whole point is that they're like because he was duplicated. He's also they kind of like key in the whole his salary. Thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally paid him more because he was duplicated. <laughs> Willy Wonka's colourful cane. Where in the movie is the cane? I just Willy Wonka's colourful cane maybe at the start. is actually filled with nerds candy, which is sold under the Wonka brand. Yes. Where is the cane? Wait, is this a central part of the movie? I don't remember a cane. No. It's gone. Jesus. But nerds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm right about nerds. I, love I mean, hey, everyone loves nerds. Charlie's father works at a toothpaste factory which produces Smilex toothpaste. Smilex is also the name of the poisonous gas concocted by the Joker in Batman 1989, also directed by Tim Burton. This movie exists in the same universe as Batman because of this Smilex connection. Johnny Depp once stated in an interview that he... Okay. (laughs) This is fucked up. I didn't see this coming. Johnny Depp once stated in an interview that he based his Willy Wonka performance on how he imagined... Insert answer. I guarantee neither of you will get it because this is fucking insane. How he imagined. Give me a sensible answer. An example of what a sensible answer I mean, might we've be. Both to- we've all talked yep. about. Michael Jackson is one. And the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You can see that, right? Yeah. And I just don't know. Yeah, like who maybe, maybe other, like. Who else? Like the Pied Piper, maybe? Yeah, that, I mean, I'd say, yeah. Okay, that's a sensible answer. Yeah. It's not the right answer, because the right answer is ridiculous. The right answer is how he imagined former US President George W. Bush would act whilst stoned. How is that, like, did you get shades of that in the movie? Were you watching this like, hmm, you know what that looks like? George W. Bush, high on pot. That's... I mean, we did mention the narcotics thread, but... Senseless. Wait, George, George W. or... George W. 
Senior, junior? What the Wait, fuck? It doesn't sound like that at all. Is that senior or junior? No, that's that's junior. That's junior. Oh. Johnny, you've done a bad job. That Yeah, it's senseless. Absolutely senseless. Screenwriter John August had never even seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when asked by Tim Burton to write the script. Explains a lot. After finishing the screenplay, he finally watched the 1971 <gasps> version, only to be surprised at how much darker the family film was compared to his own. Yeah, that's wow. that should be a big old L for you, John August. Yeah, you did fuck me. such a bad what job. A shitty did he job. read the book? That's my question. I, I, I think what he's done is... He like, must have, because he... He's probably read the book and was like, oh, a family-friendly version, let's go, and then, like, just fuck. I it. mean... This is gonna fuck you both up. Oh, God. 110,000 plastic bars were made and wrapped in Nestle wrappers. So those Where were they in the movie? No, no. So are those ones plastic? The main ones? 110,000. Okay, that's way too many. Where... Were they in the movie? I guess every Are time, they in the every time you see the a Wonka fronts? bar that isn't open, it's probably plastic. But a hundred and ten thousand. And also, I that is say... so many. Yeah, that is nuts. <laughs> well, this goes back to my previous comment of there were totally four. That is so not sure. That is a there. tenth of a million. Like that's true. That, <laughs> that's a ridiculous number of plastic chocolate bars to make. Willy Wonka's boat would actually float on chocolate. It took 20 weeks to build. Honestly, um, that's oh, really shit. cool. Oh, shit. Okay. 206,563.5 gallons of fake chocolate were made for the river, while 38,430 gallons of it were made for the waterfall. Jesus. Wow. That is... Okay. In, in liters, the total amount of chocolate used in, like, the river shit was 927,403 liters. Nearly a megaliter of... Like, fake chocolate. Yeah, was used to make the rivers and waterfalls and shit. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. This is tough to hear because of the way IMDb catalogs this and the way IMDb just dances around the issue here. Violet Beauregard's blueberry transformation sequence became so popular that it earned its own online fan community. No. Yep. Just doesn't address the fact that that's a fetish no. thing. Just that's what's in IMDb. Hey, people are big fans of this blueberry scene, you know? People really love it when this girl turns into a blueberry. This well, child, this minor. That's what yeah. they took out of the film? Yeah. This is the first collaboration between Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, and Tim Burton. No way. Yep. This is where it all starts? This is where all three of them are on a movie for the first time. What? Apparently. But sure. But oh, hang on. So Helena Bonham Carter wasn't in Edward Scissorhands? No. No, and they've, so like Ellen Bottom Carter has done shit with Tim Burton. You know the combination. Johnny Depp yeah. has done right, shit with the first one with all three. Ellen Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp have probably done shit together. Yeah. I think I just imagine they're all in every film. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I assume. Well, I think from this point they're in a bunch of pretty average films. <laughs> okay, together. guys, this is a bit of trivia for the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 2005. Cocoa beans are actually very bitter. Sugar and other ingredients have to be added before they taste like chocolate. That's something you need to know for this movie. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> like, fucking sure. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all learned something today. But that's kind of a good point, because... <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you guys. Scott Frank did two drafts of the script, then left the project. <laughs> I, I would have as well, Scott. I would have as well. He took two swings at it and was like, you know what, I'm done here. Fuck, dude. You know what we haven't done is Five Degrees of Wentworth Miller. 
Yeah. Which is like, okay. Yes, I can is. see... Honestly, there's some big names. I can see an easy path through this, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost it's almost too easy. Mm-hmm. It's Johnny Depp to Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman to David Thewlis, David Thewlis to Wentworth Miller, right? It's right there. Mm-hmm. It's a classic pathway that we've utilized in the past. You know, Depp and, Depp and Rickman in Sweeney Todd, Rickman Thewlis in Harry Potter, Thewlis and Wentworth Miller in Dinotopia. Mm-hmm. We've exhausted that pathway, right? Sure, sure. We there's, there's also other easier ones as well. Oh, go on. Like fucking, who is it that plays the dad in this one? Noah. Christopher Lee? No, no, no. Uh, Noah. Oh, the guy Noah from Taylor? Either... Noah Taylor, who's in Game of Thrones. Game yeah. of Thrones is Sophie Turner. Yeah, yeah. we've been you know. through these pathways yeah, yeah, yeah. before. We need a new exciting pathway that's going to get us there. Uh, this is a way. real random throwout. Okay, Violet please. Violet Beauregard is in Bridge to Terabithia. Oh shit! There's gotta be okay, something there. Okay, Bridget Okay, who's the biggest star in Bridget to Josh Hutchinson is also in that film, and he's in Zathura. Kristen Stewart's in that. Josh okay. Hutchinson is he in? Is he in? Um, have you? Who was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh, uh, Wentworth Miller was he in it? Did you just say that? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, Michelle Trachtenberg is in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as the younger mm-hmm. sister. She's also okay. in Gossip Girl. Yes, she is. Okay. Um, Blake Lively is in Gossip Girl. Okay. She's also in Cafe Society, the, Wood, uh, the Woody Allen Woody film. Woody Allen film, yeah. Um, uh, Kristen Stewart is in Cafe Society. Okay. Kristen Stewart is in Sathura. Jesus. Who is with Anna Sophia Robb in Bridge to Terrabit. That's <laughs> too many, I think, though. I think it's too many. Like, it's like eight <laughs> connections. <laughs> it's too many. But it's good. <laughs> Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chapel. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>